0: It was the perfect day for the end of May. They say it was a record high. I stared at that green water, went out of the blue and by surprise. She had her feet up on the cooler and she put our love on ice. She grabbed a beer and said, I'm out of here. And she walked out of my life. That was a cold one. I never will get back. Did she have to leave me? One beer short of a (laughs) 12-pack. And that's the genius of Eric Church, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Ayo, all aboard and welcome, it's about to be on Grab a couple of cones, cause we about to be gone To the Caribbean, seven days and eight nights Got the crew coming heavy, but we all packing light Yeah, we always be booked, we got our drinks in the sky From New York City to the USVI Is that a full margarita, man? Finish it up Cause we about to run the beer like Forrest Gump Finding pockets on the Lido, she ain't gotta be a tent Cause we did the things, and we'll do them again Tonight's the white party, but we blacking it out Cause we got the drink packed yeah, we're maxing it out Everybody, come on I said, sound that horn Cause we gotta get away to where the boat leads from
0: Yeah All aboard And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the always-be-booked CruiseCast show Coming at you not quite live from Boca Raton, Florida Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen I wanted to start it off at the top just by something that just came in It's from Jen, uh, a listener a member of the Always Be Both Cruises Ultra Lounge and uh, just an overall appreciative, just let's just call her a professional, good, solid cruiser. And uh, she said this in the Facebook group just now. And I didn't plan on reading it. I just kind of saw it as I was doing show prep. But I just loved the way she verbalized you know, what she means and what cruising means to her. So she writes, I posted this in another page, but I feel it applies to the cruise family as a whole. I wanted to share it here and thank Tommy Casabona for all he does. I listen to lots of travel podcasts, but ABB is one of my favorites. And she writes, uh, I'm asked all the time, what is so special about cruising? I don't think folks are expecting the answer I give. And she says, it's the people. I just have a lovely conversation with a woman I met on a Disney cruise in 2010. That's nine years ago. Our are we're table mates on the Disney magic and we stay up to date with each other through Facebook. As we live on opposite sides of the country, I've met a lot. Lo- I've met lots of lovely new friends on cruise ships. Some just for the day. Some you see all cruise long and some you stay in touch with long after the cruise is over passengers and crew. It's the people who make cruising great. And, uh, as I just read it, it just kind of stood out to me, and it was a sentiment that I really, really appreciated, really, really related to, and uh, something I just wanted to share with you guys. So thank you, Jen. That that means a lot, and uh, you know, a, a great, great post. So anyway, if you are a new listener, I'm just a guy who loves to cruise and a guy who loves to send people on cruises. We do have the travel agency. I'll always be booked. I deliver a weekly podcast about all things cruising, cruising, and I do it in a way that I don't know. Maybe some would say might not be like the others. It's some news. It's opinions. It's definitely a little bit of an offbeat approach on the cruise lines, the cruise ships, and the ports we love to visit. Uh, Most of all, though, most of all, above all that, we're a community. You know what I'm saying? And uh, starting with the community that we've built on Facebook, which is the Always Be Booked Cruises Ultra Lounge on Facebook. It is a group. So. If you are inclined to kind of check that out. The Always Be Booked Cruises Ultra Lounge on Facebook. And when you're done with that, let's take it over to Instagram. Pull out the phone. And also look for Always Be Booked. And there you can join up as well. You can uh, follow me along in my cruising adventures. You know, old and new. Some stream of conscience stuff. Some memes. Some things like that. We haven't done any kind of memes in a while. They don't t- typically... I don't know. It's a tough crowd on Instagram. I think, I think I'm think i a pretty funny guy sometimes. I'm probably... Uh, in my mind a lot funnier than i am but i put that stuff out there and mostly people just want to see the pretty pictures but every once in a while i'll try to you know come up with a original thought and i'll put a meme together and i'll throw that up on instagram so check that out on instagram as well and we have the new kid on the block which is the youtube channel uh that is going to be something that you might be interested in subscribing to because i'll tell you right now it's kind of raw the video up there the videos that are up there i'm by no no stretch of the imagination, a professional video uh, editor or director or anything like that. But I do put these little montages together on most of the cruises as I go to. I also have some ship tours. And I did have this little kind of, uh, you know, just completely raw, barely edited uh, little kind of montage that I did where I spoke and did a great stirrup K run one of the Norwegian sky cruise we just took to Cuba. So if you want to see some of that, check it out. I could use some more subscribers because we want to claw our way to the top. And I'm interested in you guys subscribing and looking at those videos because what I think you're going to see is that there is a learning curve and it might be interesting for you guys to uh, see how it goes. Um, and last but not least, the Patreon. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have a Patreon. You can go to patreon, P A T R E O N dot com slash always be booked. And if you like this show, and you want to support it, and it's brought you any level of joy over the last couple of years, uh, it's a good way to support the show because I do put a good amount of time into it. In addition to that, you will get, you know, two to three shows a week as well. They're not necessarily going to be, uh, you know, chock full of detailed cruise information they're not necessarily going to be the hour and a half to two hour shows that we sometimes do here it's just going to be little check-ins with you we'll see what's up it's going to be 20 minutes here 45 minutes there and it's just whatever in dribs and drabs we come up with on the patreon but it is content and if you like the always be Booked brand and what we bring to the table here that is just another way for you to kind of get a little bit more of that Anyway, with that said, if you are a new listener and you are here because of the spamming campaign I went on shamelessly, listen, I went into the cruise groups and I'm trying to put this out there. Yes, selfishly, because I want people to listen. But I also think we have something here that real cruisers would find of value. So yes, I am kind of committing to kind of really go after some new listeners and, you know, anybody who listens to the show. And if you like the show, the best thing after everything I just said, the best way you could possibly help this show is to share. It with a friend, somebody who cruises, somebody who likes to travel, somebody who likes podcasts, see if we can get that or get that out there a little bit. Now that I've given you six hours of homework, uh, let's move on. We got a lot to cover this week. We just got back from the four day Cuba, the controversial Cuba trip, along with the Bahamas on the Norwegian Sky, or as I like to call it, the Norwegian. <laughs> or the Norwegian the Norwegian Inn. Let's call it the Norwegian Inn because it's basically an inn. It's like a floating bar since it's all inclusive and everybody's just kind of boozing it up. That's what the ship Kind of is. We'll get to that a little bit later on. Uh, Those of you who did not make the Facebook Live on Monday, it was really fun. We had a nice little quiz there. Let me see what we have here. We had uh, 20 questions, 19 questions. I thought I had 20, but it was 19. And uh, we asked, you know, what? It was a little intermediate. You know, for real deal cruisers, uh, seasoned veterans, you may not have found a lot of the questions that hard. But you know, I want it to be also beginner friendly as well. So we're going to do that. I thought that was fun. I had a good time with that, just putting out some cruise trivia questions for you. Not unlike what you get on a cruise when you're sitting in that atrium at 2 o'clock on a sea day and you're just listening to whatever it is Game of Thrones trivia, Harry Potter trivia, general knowledge trivia. So we did cruise trivia on land and we did it in two ways. One way is We see who answers the most questions right. And by getting a question right, you have to be the first person to get that question. But then we also let you keep score. And at the end, I want to find out how you did and how many you got right. So uh, for this uh, this particular run, I think it was a tie. No, it was Sandra and I believe Cindy who battled it out. And uh, they were the two winners, tied with four. And uh, we have some honorable mention to uh, Jody. Jody did very well. I think that was it. Everybody else was just kind of one and done. We had... Somebody else did pretty well. Not really sure. Anyway, DP... DP did pretty good as well. We're going to do that again this Sunday, this Sunday, 8.30 at night, Cruise Trivia. If you want to join in on that, it should be a fun time. Um, I got to do the news. I think I'm going to break this week's podcast up into a couple of different uh, sittings because I'm going to go fishing. Me and my buddy Brian, my buddy Brian is a big-time fisherman down here, and he's always asking me to go fishing. I am not a fisherman, so I don't know how that's going to go, but you know me. I do love being at the, at sea. And, uh, yeah, it's nice and hot out here, so the sun's going to go down, and we'll go out there and see if we can catch some fish. I'll definitely report to you on how that went. Could be a disaster, but we will see. I want to give a big shout-out to Wendy Williams. You guys know who Wendy Williams is? Of course, people in New York. And actually, a lot of people across the country know this, Wendy Williams, the uh, daytime TV host uh, who says, how you doing? That's her catchphrase. Uh, we're not talking about her this time. We're talking cruise related. Wendy Williams is a Canadian ship captain. And uh, she was uh, con- big congratulations to her because she was named the first captain of uh, Virgin Voyages new cruise ship, The Scarlet Lady. So that's a very very uh, great accomplishment by her and it's kind of cool. You know what I mean seeing some women getting put into positions that you see normally dominated by men and uh Wendy Williams is going to take the wheel on The Scarlet Lady. I really want to dive in and one of the upcoming episodes that we do is going to be a deep dive into Virgin Voyages because again For better or for for worse, for right or wrong, I don't know, That cruise line is fascinating me. I am so interested in finding out how they're going to do, and uh, I'm so interested in finding out how well they're going to be received by the general public with all the different things they're doing in cruising. Now, the track record is there. This guy Richard Branson, you guys know him, Virgin Records, uh, Virgin Airline, now Virgin Trains, uh, you know, taking over the purchase of the Bright Line down here in South Florida and expanding out through that. He's kind of—you're not going to say he's got the Midas touch, the golden touch, but those of you who are basketball fans out there, you know a guy named Phil Jackson who did really, really well with the Bulls and with the Lakers, and he came over to the Knicks, and it was just downhill from there. So, you know, a lot of times cruising— is the way it is, and a lot of times the reason they do all the things that they do and the policies that they put in place are for a reason, because they are tried and true. It's very rare that you get a maverick that goes out there and just you know, turns his back on a lot of the traditions of regular cruising. And this guy, Richard Branson and his company Virgin Voyages is doing just that. So I want to get a couple of people on who are close to the situation. Maybe Emma, shout out to Emma. Uh, Some of the other people who, um, if you have been to any of the Virgin events or anything like that, or if you have any information on the Virgin Voyages, the Scarlet Lady in general, or just Virgin, the whole cruise project that they're putting together. What are some of the stuff that they're doing that's that's crazy? You know, the whole 18, up th- 18 and up thing, you know, that's, uh, you know, unheard of. The kids and families are a huge part of the cruise market. I mean, where would any of the big three be without the families? Virgin is saying, we don't want your family. <laughs> that, you know, that's kind of funny. It sounds funny. That's not an exaggeration. They don't want your family on this cruise. Uh, what else? They're doing a tattoo parlor at sea they're doing um no main dining room is that what it is? or no buffet no buffet and no main dining room one of those i'm not then on i'm going to do the research by the time we do this episode there will be tons of research done and we'll touch on all that stuff but i'm just fascinated i went in actually kind of like a little resentful of virgin voyages i was like who do these people think they are but the more you look at it the more you just kind of like you know what at least someone's doing it if it fails All right, it fails. Let's see where it goes, though. They may have to fall in line. They may have to change a bunch of their policies. Either that's going to happen. They're going to have to come crawling back to mainstream cruising or or be faced with failure. Or something else might happen, which they're banking on happening. They're already saying it's going to happen. And that's one of the things that turned me off to them a little bit. They actually made a statement somewhere saying, listen, all this stuff is new. Within a year, everybody's going to copy us. So let's enjoy it while we can, and then we're going to have to think of a bunch of other different new good ideas because everybody's copying our original ones. That's the mindset they have, and that's the true mindset that any real innovator has to have. It just remains to be seen whether or not it's going to come to fruition and they're going to realize success of that or they're going to have to maybe come back down to earth. So, so fascinating, and I cannot wait to see it. Um, also, wanted to say a big shout-out to T Tropical in the Facebook group, who was recently on a cruise. And I want to thank them for posting that really cool – I'm sorry, Tea Tropical. I'm, I'm not really sure. <laughs> uh, I saw the the post, so I'm going off the name. I'm not sure. We're doing male. We're doing female. Not sure. A little of both. Who knows? But T Tropical. Great, great picture of Half Moon K. Uh, The 360 picture, and I'm sorry if anybody was offended by me saying K. It's what we're going to say, but it was a great, great picture and really, really enjoyable. Also, welcome back to Thelma and Matt. We, uh, we remember them going on a cruise of the Greek islands. Beatrix was also there on a land-based vacation. So ABB was heavily, uh, heavily represented in the Greek islands. And even though this is a show mostly about the big three and mostly about uh, Caribbean cruising, you know, we given a shout-out to them while they were over there. It sounded like they both had a fabulous vacation. And um, also big shout-out to Beatrix because she booked a land-based trip to the Azores. And, yeah, we talk about cruising on this show, but, you know, you can't be surrounded by water much more than the Azores. So enjoy that, Beatrix, and uh, have a good time. Uh, definitely see you this weekend too, by the way. Uh, also a big shout-out to King Marty. King Marty, an always-be-booked legend, actually... I mean, King Marty's been here since since the beginning, and uh, he was an example. You know what? This is a perfect example of the sentiment that Jen said earlier that we mentioned in that cruising is about the people. Now, Marty, the people might be second for because he worships. The sun, Marshy, Mar- I'm sorry, Marty is a f- sun and beach freak, uh, so maybe the people might be second, but I'd have to say Marty, it's probably a close second, right? Because I didn't know Marty existed prior to May of 2015, and uh, he was just very, very active in the Facebook group and caused us to be active. And yeah, we met him on board, and we've been kind of, you know, friends. Yeah, albeit over social media, but we've been friends ever since, and he's one of the main main members of the uh, of the Always Be Booked community, and uh, he might. Don't get excited, everybody. You know what I mean? So when we talked about the Patreon, you know, coming over to the Patreon for $5 a month if you are so inclined, we had to come up with a name for those people. Since most of the Always Be Booked cruising community, we refer to each other as cones, what am I going to do? We, we came up with the term super cones. Now, Marty... Was like, who the hell am I? Marty has not, for whatever reason, dial- dove into uh, the Patreon yet. Well, hoping, hoping one day maybe he will. Maybe one day we'll grab him, but uh, he has not yet as of now, and that's fine. So we're not, you know, we we I I appreciate those that listen to this show and take the free content just as much as anybody. But we had to come up with a name for the people who go onto Patreon and donate the five dollars a month towards the extra shows per week came up with super cones. Marty took us to task. I don't blame him. He's like, "Who the hell uh are you to call say I'm not a super cone." He's a, so we may do this once. We may have to give Marty the distinction of honorary super cone. But anyway, he's always in the lounge, always contributing and always one of the founding members of the Always Be Both crews group. Uh, the Ultra Lounge on Facebook. So he put a video up, and I I don't know if this is real. I don't know if this is something that he just saw going on while he was at the beach, but it was absolutely hysterical. Is a man, probably in his 60s, sitting on the beach, not doing this for a joke, not doing this to entertain, not thinking he was doing anything but perfectly going about his normal beach day. Goes into like a, 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 he pulls out a freaking paint roller, You know those smaller ones that you use for the corners? You know, the hard to reach areas? Like maybe the uh, four or six inch one, but it's a paint roller. Dips it into the tray and starts paint rolling on his oil, his suntan oil. I laughed my ass off about that because I was like, is this guy out of his mind? But then I'm thinking, how is this the first time I've ever seen anybody do this? <laughs> so whether it's sunscreen, whether it's oil, whether it's your mix of whatever it is, why not try it out? Take a shot at it. Get you Go to the hardware store. You know what I mean? Shout out to all the people who have uh, done all these endless amounts of how to prepare for your cruise, uh, how do you pack for your cruise. Everybody, they I haven't seen any of them bring this one up. The guy pulled out a freaking paint roller and paint rolled his son, whatever, screen, oil, whatever, all over his body. I thought that was amazing. And, Marty, I don't know if that was your home video or something you just kind of caught that went viral on the Internet, but either way, that is a phenomenal catch. Uh All right, moving on. Here's a big recommend I want to give you guys right now as well. What I would say that you guys should do is, if you're able to cruise right now, especially anybody who lives within driving distance of a port, check the market right now. It's very volatile. I know you guys know what just happened recently as far as all these cruise ships being uh, pulled from Cuba. Now, just uh, to clarify that... uh, Donald Trump just said, you know, basically because of uh, relations, because of uh, whatever. I think it was like, you know, just the dictatorship, the oppression and everything that just he doesn't stand for or, or, or our government doesn't agree with regarding Cuba and seems to be in such support of the Venezuela government, which we clearly aren't playing nice with right now. Uh, he He basically thinks that he wants to cut ties with sending our tourist dollars over to Cuba. I'm not getting political here, guys. We're not doing that. All I'm saying is that's the decision. And what happened was he said you can still go to Cuba if you had booked travel plans before June 5th. Now, what do the cruise lines do? They got to pull out because you're basically having to analyze whether or not which passengers booked their travel before June 5th. They have to analyze who, you know, all right. So what percentage of the ship did, is it still worth it to go over? So the easiest thing to do is, you know what? Sorry, we got to pull out and they have to reroute and, you know, come up with other destinations and things like that. So, What happens was all these people that were trying to just go to Cuba, a lot of people were cruising just because they wanted to go to Cuba. So they're trying to cancel. They're trying to do all these other stuff. They're trying to, you know, get credit for another cruise. Now, we'll get into in a little while what each cruise line is doing Uh, to make up for the fact that that you can no longer go to Cuba. But in general, all I'm saying is that because of this volatility and the shakeup, it's a good time to go and check out last-minute deals on cruise ships. If you're able to get out there, I've seen cruises for $199 for four days, $249 for five days. Things like that are happening. Now, they're going quick. I think they're going quick, and then they're going back up. But then they're coming back down again. So it's a little bit all over the map. And for that reason, I would just continue to check. Even if you check today and you see nothing good, check tomorrow, check the day after. If you have some maneuverability and you're able to cruise soon or book soon, uh, there might be a decent opportunity for you to uh, do pretty well for yourself right now. All right, that's enough of an intro. Let's get into the cruise news. All right, the Royal Caribbean Signature Robotic Bartending Duo. You know who they are. They also dance, too. You guys have seen that happen, right? The only problem is you can't pull up a bar stool to them. I wish you could just kind of sit there and let them continuously serve you. Maybe have them cut you off. Maybe tell, tell them your problems. Uh. Anyway, they're coming soon to the Amplified Oasis of the Seas. So you guys know Oasis of the Seas is probably, in my opinion, and the opinion of the poll that we took a couple of weeks ago, the probably what is the most important, influential, whatever you want to call it, cruise ship over the last 20 years or so. Just because of the fact that it just set the world on fire with that split deck layout and just... I mean, beat the nearest competitor as far as capacity by at least a couple of thousand, I would say. So that's why Oasis of the Seas, while it's kind of lost uh, in the shadow now to, you know, the fancy harmony, the symphony, you know, even some of the quantum class ships because of the technology. And those are the ones who debuted the robot bartenders, you know they uh excuse me they they have uh you know they've kind of left the oasis in the dust, even the allure isn't newer than the oasis, but oasis to its credit is going to burst back onto the scene because they are going to be the first oasis class ship to be uh part of the royal. Amplified project and uh, what they want to do now. Royal Caribbean is putting together a campaign and uh, listen, I know they didn't steal this from me. Of course, it's ridiculous, but we did the same thing over at Johnny Utah's. We did a two month campaign to uh, name our bull. We had a mechanical bull in the middle It was very, very popular right in the center of, you know, Times Square area, Rockefeller Center area. And uh, the bull was probably the most ridden bull in the country besides the one maybe out in Vegas. But, uh, you know, we wanted to name the bull. So we had a two-month campaign to uh, name the bull. And uh, at the end of the day, we ended up naming it after our barback Luis. Uh, I don't know if that's still its name or they changed the name or whatever. It's funny. Maybe, you know what, they should do they should, They should do it. Like, how, how much does it suck that every freaking stadium now is named after some corporate entity? I mean, it's out of control. It used to be the Sky Dome. It used to be, you know, whatever field or whatever cool little names, you know, Three Rivers Park, whatever. Now it is the uh, whatever six name conglomerate out there that you have to, you know, remember the Berkshire Hathaway, uh, you know, Amazon, you know, Tire Center. Camp World Field. It's like it's out of control. The Lincoln Financial, they don't even want you to give the nicknames. The uh, Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia is, you know, adoringly referred to as the link, and they correct you. You know what I mean? The people at the stadium, know we are Lincoln Financial because you got to get that corporate name in there. How much freaking money do we have to spend and get? Can we keep some things just kind of like as they are? Anyway, you know, maybe Royal Caribbean should look into doing that, you know. Ladies and gentlemen, the bartending duo, the Park West bartending duo <laughs> or the uh, Invicta bartending duo, you don't name them after some of the cruise ship conglomerates that uh, anyway, what they're doing is they want your help to name the bartenders, the um, robot bartenders. Get creative, get witty, get thirsty. This is a statement from Royal Caribbean, because if you're pair of names for our bionic bartenders is selected. You want a guest sail on this incredible game changer and meet the cocktail shaking robots firsthand. So you can meet them. You can uh <laughs> I mean they're saying that's the I mean meet the robot bartenders. Or you could just take any cruise where there's robot bartenders and you can meet them as well. Uh, unless they're really going to program them to know what you want to drink and things like that. Know how to cut you off. I would I would laugh if they start bitching at you for not tipping. Hey, just a dollar. I just made you three mojitos. I need a tip. Cheapskate. That's what they should do. And then it would be worth it, worth meeting them. You know. For now, just make my freaking drink. You know what I mean? That's about it. To participate, uh, you just got to click like on Vicky Freed's Facebook page. Uh, you post a pair of names for the duo, i.e. Shaken and Stirred. Oh, see, they took that one then. Now, there's probably people sitting at home like, I got it, perfect, Shake, sh- shaken and stirred. Anyway, I guess that's not going to win because that's the example they used. Uh, but put the name in into the page between June 10th and June 14th. Do we have any time left for that? Yeah, we have two days for that, so we can do that. We'll pick your favorite set of names and announce the winner the week of June 28th via Facebook and on uh, loyal dot Good luck. So if anybody's going to do that, think of your favorite two bartender names. I don't know, maybe the guys from Cocktail. And then just go to uh, Vicky Freed's Facebook page. And uh, you'll be able to take part in that. Um, all right, moving on. So we're going to bring it down a little bit here. Because I guess the more and more you dive in, the more info you take on about all aspects of cruising, right? Along with that will be the inevitable Bad news that's going to come and keep coming the more you look into this stuff. So today we have a story about a woman who fell from a rocky cruise ship in high winds near Majorca. This incident occurred on June 8th on the Norwegian Epic, which left Cannes on Friday and was due to call in Palma, Majorca early on Saturday. Her family said that she was last wearing pink pajamas and, this is bad, uh, could not swim. Which is clearly not good news. I never understood that. This is not the best time to give this little, uh, I guess, uh, tangent. But how do people not swim? Can I ask that? How do how do you not know how to swim? I get it. Like it's harder for some people. Some people are not born with the innate innate ability to swim. But how do you not eventually learn how to swim? Like go to a pool, stand in three feet of water, or go to the shore. Don't go deep, and just. Experiment with it. Keep moving your arms and legs around until you recognize yourself being able to float. And then you know what? It'll be hard and then it'll become easier and easier still until officially you'll be able to float because the key word is not swim. Nobody gives a crap if you could swim uh, for purposes of safety. More importantly, can you float? Can you stay above water? I just don't understand how people, people, people. Don't do whatever they can do to make sure that they, I guess, acquire that skill because it's kind of important, I would say. Um, At about 830 a.m., you know, this is and again, I'm sorry, that is not the right time to go on that because this is related to this story. But uh, we we all know it's not we're not, you know, we're not doing a shame on you thing about this. So at about 830 a.m., the captain announced that they would be turning around to search for a missing woman. The search ended yesterday at around 3 p.m. and the spokesman for Norwegian made the following statement. Early morning on June 8th, a uh, 60-year-old Korean female guest went overboard while the ship was sailing from Cannes, France to Spain. As soon as the report was made, authorities were notified and a search and rescue team ensued. The search now ceased and sadly the guest has not been found. Our thoughts and prayers are with the individual's family during this difficult time. Uh, and then in a rare scene, hundreds of passengers, it's weird because they all, I guess this was a fairly public thing, they announced it and all the passengers, and you can imagine this just an eerie sight, gathered around the railings of the ship to try to help the rescue effort by attempting to spot her somewhere in the vast blue water. One guest said that the ship took two hours to get back to where the passenger was originally thought to have uh, went overboard and who, where they were last seen. And once they got there, the ship searched for four hours. Uh, then rescue workers took over the search. Since they were deep into the middle of the Mediterranean Sea, the winds were out of control and she, like I said, couldn't swim. The decision was made that the conditions were not survivable for that amount of time and uh the search was called off. So it doesn't really seem like there is much hope for this woman who is 60 years old in the pink pajamas. I don't know, man. I don't I don't know. I keep hearing, and this is the first one yet. I don't know what's gonna come out from this. I don't know what'll come out about this, if anything, but I, I you you wanna say you just don't fall off a cruise ship. You wanna say it's impossible. What was she freaking doing on her balcony? Standing on a chair trying to change a light bulb or something? I don't know. I'm I'm not I, I, I'm I'm just wondering how much wind could there have been, even if she's standing up against the balcony, leaning over it, how much wind could have been to shake that cruise ship to the level where she was upended and thrown over the side of the ship? I don't know. Every single time, pretty much. It comes out that there was some sort of either foul play, or they weren't happy, or they were drunk, or they got into a fight with their spouse, or something. Something happened to where it was not 100% accident. I have not heard that about this yet. Maybe it was an actual falling overboard, and that would be unfortunate because obviously there's loss of life, and obviously the families are grieving and things like that, but also because now, you know, the cruise ships are going to be like, okay, well, this happened, so now we have to raise the ba- raise the level of glass and deconnect you from the sea, uh, raise raise the the, um, the railings a little bit more. You'll see that plexiglass a little bit more uh, on the balconies, and it's just not, you know, hopefully it just doesn't happen. But that's not what is important here. What's important is that this woman lost her life, and there's a family that's going to miss her, and you know what? It's, it's really, really a shame and, and very, very sad. All right, let's pick it up a little bit. On a much lighter note, the Norwegian getaway has just completed its first sailing after an extensive dry dock refurbishment. The ship was sent to receive several upgrades as part of Norwegian's EDGE program. You know, I really wish these cruise lines would not name their new uh, fleet-wide refurbishment programs after new ships that are coming out recently from competing cruise lines. I mean there's this you got the Celebrity Edge, you got Norwegian Edge refurbishment program. It's, it gets a little confusing. Anyway, shout out to Matt and Thelma again who just sailed through Europe on the Celebrity Edge. Anyway, The Norwegian Getaway spent two weeks under the knife in France, then returned to Copenhagen with a whole new set of features, including the new venues uh, that they added, uh, new accommodations, play areas, common areas. Uh, Norwegian President Andy Stewart weighed in with the following remarks on the recent refurbishment. Norwegian Getaway is the youngest ship in our fleet to cruise Europe this season. We are proud to showcase her and the new experiences she will deliver to guests exploring the region this summer. A season of European sailings immediately following her multi-million dollar renovation showcases our commitment to the market, where our brand has been honored as Europe's leading cruise line by World Traveler Awards for the 11th consecutive year. Ooh, MSC might say something about that, huh? Norwegian staking the claim. Uh, the ship was fitted with a brand new full service Starbucks, which is uh, the first for the European market, as well as Sid Norman's Porthouse, which is a rock and roll themed draft beer joint concept. They also upgraded the decor by adding 800 new pieces of artwork, 20% of which are original pieces from the likes of Eric Levy, who Norwegian has worked with previously on other ships. The getaway will remain in Europe with sailings to Scandinavia, Russia, and the Baltic until October, and then she'll head over to the Big Easy for some Western Caribbean sailings. She will then head back over to Europe in 2020 and hit up the Mediterranean for the first time, home porting in Rome for the summer, and then doing Italy and Greek island runs. So. Big new ships are heading over to the Greek islands and the Mediterranean in general. And, uh, yes, uh, Norwegian basically said that. You'll see, you know, most of the new ships, where do they go? The Caribbean. They just barely started going out to the West Coast. They started going to Alaska, the Mexican Riviera. And now you're seeing the bigger and better and newer ships heading over to the Mediterranean. So, yeah, man, you're seeing the cruising market as a whole just uh, take over the world. And I think that's a good thing. What about you? So we all know about that story regarding the hot water Carnival Corporation got themselves into over the Princess Cruise Lines, you know, uh, who operates under Carnival. All the, the the trouble that they got they got into regarding the pollution charges and the subsequent attempt to cover up the pollution that they clearly were guilty of. They were threatened to lose their right to dock at American ports, which would have been a total disaster. Uh, There were meetings and eventual settlement of about $40 million, uh, a penalty to be paid by the company, along with a laundry list of environmentally friendly policy changes that were to be instituted immediately. Well. That, apparently, is not good enough for some activists and the pockets of protesters that are popping up all over the place. One group of about 50 protesters on small boats formed a blockade, this is amazing, in a in a German harbor to protest the carbon monoxide emissions this past Sunday. So now I guess that was what was most close to their heart, the carbon monoxide emissions. They waved banners that read, Cruise Kills Climate, uh, and... They caused quite a stir to the passengers and crew trying to sail away on Holland America's Zuiderdam, Zuider Zuiderdam, uh, whatever damn something damn. Uh, so these activists are a part of a group who have dubbed themselves Schma- uh, Smash Cruise Shit. That's it. That's that's word for word what they're calling themselves. Quote Smash Cruise Shit. End quote. I mean, is that serious? Are they trying to fight pollution, or are they trying to start a punk band? I don't know. Maybe a little bit of both. What are they protesting exactly? And they say catastrophic local and global consequences of cruises and alleged poor working conditions for the crew. That's a pretty uh, educated statement for a group that you're going to name themselves Smash Cruise Shit. Uh, they also say that cruise ships contribute to the he- uh, heating of the planet and generate soot particles that settle on Arctic ice. Sounds like a lovely hardcore metal song, doesn't it? Uh, these whack jobs were even climbing cranes in an attempt to board the ships. And that's why I call them whack jobs, not because of their beliefs. I'm calling them whack jobs because they're climbing cranes trying to board cruise ships that are trying to sail out on pleasure cruises. Um At that point, don't you think you're becoming part of the problem? (laughs) So, I don't know. About six hours and 46 arrests later, the ship was finally able to leave port with a little something to think about as it sailed off into the ocean. Again, man, you guys know me. I ain't no hippie, that's for sure. Uh, I'm not a protest guy. I'm not a march guy. I'm, uh, you know... I don't do that. That's not my thing per se. You know, no problems with those who do, though. You know what I'm saying? I don't have everybody has their beliefs. They don't need to be flaunted in front of people. Some people are going to feel strongly about some shit and they're going to eventually go out and march and protest. I have no problem with that. Uh, I'm just reading this because it's a story. And I do think it gets a little crazy when they are that kind of, what would you say, radical to where they're going to climb cranes and try to board the cruise ship. Listen. Make your presence felt. You have every right to protest, but now you're endangering the health and life of yourself. You're endangering the health and life of people that are going to have to eventually come and freaking rescue you from these cranes. And, uh, you know, these people are on cruise ships. They paid good money to go on the cruise ships, and you're, I get, I get it. You know what I mean? They'll say you have to take, you know, drastic results require drastic measures. I get that, but you know what? I think there's a orderly way to do it, and I think it should be kept to that. Um all right so what we have now and what I wanted to go over is the policy changes or the itinerary changes and uh you know the I guess what would you call them the the refunds that are going to be given to cruisers who are going to go to Cuba and I guess we'll start with Royal Caribbean so if you were going to go on a Royal Caribbean cruise to Cuba you should know that the two cruise ships that were offering those cruises were the Majesty of the Seas and Empress of the Seas and they have alternate ports secure so they've changed the itineraries and they are going to other ports in addition royal caribbean is offering the option of guests on affected sailings to remain on the cruise and the 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 new ports of the cruise the new sailings per se and receive 50 percent off or they can cancel their cruise and get a full refund i think that's pretty fair You know, if you were on that ship and you were sailing just because you, you know, you're only going on the cruise just because you wanted to go to Cuba, whether you wanted to see relatives or whatever the reason is, now you have the option to not take the sailing. Royal Caribbean issued a statement elaborating on the nature of the changes made. And that statement is, in response to the U.S. government's policy change imposing immediate restrictions on cruise ships to travel between Cuba and the U.S., we are informing our guests of revised, uh, of revised itineraries for a limited number of sailings with Cuban port coal. All 2019 sailings on Majesty of the Seas and Empress of the Seas will have alternative ports in the Caribbean. Guests will have the option to cancel their current bookings for a full refund or to keep their sailing date with a new itinerary and a 50% refund. We are working on alternate itineraries for 2020 sailings and will share those details with guests and travel partners as they become available. We appreciate our guests' patience and flexibility as we adjust to accommodate the new regulation. All right, let's take it over to Carnival. Uh, Quote statement. uh, Effective June 5th, the U.S. government imposed a series of new sanctions on Cuba, prohibiting cruise ships to travel to Cuba. As a result, we are replacing our calls to Havana with an alternative port to provide our guests with the best experience ashore. The following options are available for guests with 2019 Cuba Cruise Reservations. Remain on the sailing and receive $100 per person onboard credit. No need to call us if you're continuing with your plans to sail with us. Another option, move to another itinerary and receive $50 per person onboard credit. (laughs) And then the other is, okay, this is cool. Cancel the booking and receive a full refund. So that's fair too. So far, two for two, I would say that's pretty fair. If you are booked on a cube itinerary and would like to change or or To another itinerary or cancel, please contact us at 1-800-CARNIVAL or 1-800-819-3902. So they also put out information regarding the following sailing. So if you are sailing uh, from June 17th and June 22nd of 2019, make the call by June 8th, which already happened. If you're sailing July two thousand nineteen, please call by June 13th. If you're sailing August through December 2019, call by June 19th. And if you're sailing anytime in 2020, just please call by June 26th. They're trying to prioritize servicing guests um, that are are traveling for the next few weeks to avoid any long wait times for the call. Because you can imagine the phones are probably going crazy. So they're trying to give you some dates when you should call based on when you're sailing. Uh, They kindly also asked for uh, the guests traveling in August and beyond to contact them after Wednesday of next week. They sincerely apologize to the guests for this unexpected change and thank them for their understanding. I guess they're getting presumptive there by assuming that they're going to understand. This is really not in control of the cruise lines, guys. This is probably a nightmare scenario for them. So, yeah, I would say it's appropriate to give them a little bit of leeway with this. All right, let's move it over to Norwegian. Norwegian Cruise Line has announced changes to its itinerary that are it previously called in Cuba following the Trump administration's decision to restrict Uh, travel to the country. Guest sailings on cruises to Cuba on board the Norwegian Sun or Norwegian Sky through September 2, 2019 departure will have the following two options. Sail the revised itinerary and receive 50% refund of the cruise fare paid, as well as a 50% future cruise credit valid through December 31, 2020. Or... You can cancel the booking and receive a full refund. If guests do choose that option, Norwegian says it must be notified no later than June 11th, 2019. And that was yesterday. Norwegian says that refunds will be applied automatically to the original form of payment and that it will protect full commission for reservations that continue to sail on amended Norwegian Sky and Sun, former Cuba sailings, as well as those that choose to cancel. Um Virgin Voyages, although not in the mix right now, they are another cruise brand looking for options following recent travel restrictions to Cuba. And we have a statement from them. While we're disappointed about the travel restrictions that eliminate cruising to Cuba, the beauty of sea travel is that we have the flexibility to adjust our itineraries if needed, Virgin said in a statement. They continue. Our crew is working hard to make necessary adjustments to any affected sailings that feature a stop in Havana next year and will be announcing updated voyage voyages featuring a replacement port early next week. In October, Virgin announced that its first ship, the Scarlet Lady, would feature Cuba as one of her voyage destinations during her inaugural season in 2020. And that is clearly no more. All right, that's it for the news. Let's get into the main topic of the show. and ladies and gentlemen we are back okay following day yes we had to break this up like i had previously mentioned uh, just got off the phone with my buddy dan what's up dan uh good talking to you today we had a great interview about his panama canal trip now this guy went on a 14 day talking a bucket list cruise 14 days from orlando one-way reposition to san diego full transit uh, stopped at Cartagena, Cabo San Lucas, Vallata, uh Grand Cayman. Man, and then he ended up flying back from San Diego. But, yeah, you guys are going to love that interview. We're going to talk Panama Canal. We're going to talk all the ports and uh, everything else under the sun. But for this particular main topic, what the topic is, is Cuba and the Norwegian sky. So, yes, this was – okay, let's start from the beginning. So how did they end up on this cruise this is, how, this is how I ended up on the cruise. I got an offer from Royal Caribbean. And you guys tell me if, you know, if, I'm, if once you get the cruise bug and you want to go on the cruise, then you're going on a cruise. So I got an offer from Royal Caribbean, and it was basically pretty much a free cruise. And I, I did not get it in time. Now, these things, when they're free cruises, they, it's always a catch because they give you a list of cruises you could take. About eight cruises were up there. Six of them were just junk cruises that I wouldn't do because, you know, when you pay the port charges and the taxes and stuff like that because you have to pay those, it wouldn't have been worth it. And uh, one of them was the Coco K on the Navigator, which literally I was just about to do. Now, coming back from that cruise, having already done it earlier in May, you know, I would have done that again. I would have run that cruise back. But at the time that I had the offer, I was like, eh, nah. So I picked a four-day uh, I think it was four or five days on the Independence of the Seas, or yeah, it was the Independence of the Seas. I think it was one of the one of those one of the Independence class ships. And uh, I was going to do it for November. Anyway, you had to pay by a certain day. I let it go. They uh, extended it, but then I still didn't know if I wanted to go. But I don't know. I just didn't want to pay for the. You know, I was going to have to still pay upwards of, you know, a couple hundred dollars to secure it for a four-day cruise in November. It wasn't a huge high-priority thing, and like I said, I've learned that it's going to cost you a good amount of money to take even the cheapest of cruises. I learned that when they put it in front of me. So that's the beauty of it. So remember last year when I went on the two cruises and then I'm like, Am I, I can't go on a third cruise. And then I saw that they offered me an eight day on Carnival Horizon for $150. You're asking, how did you get that deal? Yes, I, it's a crazy deal. Has nothing to do with my, uh, you know. Status as a influencer or a creator whatsoever, it was basically an old school, I guess, like gambling thing or offer that they had that they threw out at me. Oh, you looked at that? It said a hundred and fifty dollars per person. That's the brochure price, but you know how that jacks up because you got to pay double occupancy, so it's automatically going to be three hundred bucks. Then you got to pay port charges and taxes, and then that's going to get you up over. Five six hundred bucks, and then you're gonna have to pay for the drink package on carnival. Okay, so it's just gonna be one person, so I only have to pay for that. But that's eight days on a drink package, that's another four five hundred bucks, uh, at least five hundred bucks, right? Yeah, for eight days, and then you yeah, it's an eight day cruise. You're going to Aruba, Curacao, and Grand Turk, so you're gonna spend money on the ship, you're gonna get to spend money. So that 150 number blows way past a 1,000 very, very quick. Still worth it. Still a good deal. But, you know, it's also you got to consider the position you're in. You just moved to Florida. You're not working yet, this and that. So that's it. So these free cruise things, I don't necessarily jump at like crazy. However, I was going to take it. And after I got off the Navigator of the Seas, I realized I would like to go on that ship again. So I did let the date pass. So I was wondering, A, if I could see if maybe they can... Extend the date. Sometimes they'll make allocations for that, and then I was also saying, okay, I'll take that navigate Navigator cruise because it was in early June. Went through it, set on hold for about thirty minutes. They kept going back and forth to see if they can get me on this Navigator of the cruise ship sh- ship sailing for free. They couldn't do it. So, well, what that what was that going to cost me? So it was a free cruise. Port charges and taxes $175 a person or whatever, so that would have gotten me up to you know over 300, 350 bucks. And then you know, obviously, the drink package on that would have got me to uh, for for, another 200 bucks, so it would have been 500, 600 bucks depending upon if I'm taking somebody that's paying their own way or I'm gonna have to you know dive into the mystery pocket area and pay that, pay them, I mean, I pay for them. Uh, So it was going to get up there. But then they came back to the phone and told me that I couldn't get it, get on the cruise. They said they would have extended the offer, but that particular ship was sold out at the time of me trying to get on it. So I was like, all right, no problem. But I got the itch. So now I'm like, I was going to, in my mind, I'm going on a cruise. So what did I do? Went over to the Old Faithful, checked out Navigator. I'm sorry, uh, Norwegian Sky Prices and yeah, you gotta always remember with the Norwegian sky, the booze package is free. So keep that in mind anytime you're pricing out cruises. So I went on and I booked it just because, because I just, there was no turning back. So I was gonna do a Cuba and I didn't even necessarily care who I was gonna go with. I was gonna book it solo, but then it was just gonna be a baby, basically uh, another 175 $200 to book with another person. So I was like, all right, screw it. Let me just put that person in there so I so I did that and uh I didn't have anybody to go with so I put out the APB to a lot of people interested in going on a cruise and you know how that works you know what I mean if you're taking a (laughs) if you're taking somebody who's going to fly in from Florida and you kind of just catch them off guard with this offer and you know you you want you want someone with you so you so you lay it down or you know if you're going to go with one of your buddies yeah, this makes sense. You know, what are we doing here? You're, you're going to pay their own way. You know, they're going to, they're going to pay. They're going to, if they want to, they want to buy the ticket, they can buy the ticket. So, uh, I end up getting, uh, somebody from New York to come with me and she was into it. Uh, that was going to be a, I pay situation. <laughs> and then, uh, she was, she was into it and, you know, all excited about it, texting me every day, Cuba, this, that all pumped up. So I'm like getting excited, too. But then two days before the cruise, she texts me. I'm in the movies. She's like, I can't. My mom got into an accident. Uh, She won't be able to uh, watch my kid. So I'm like, all right. So now I go back into action and real quick get my buddy to come on, my buddy Joe. So he says, you know what? Give me a day. Takes a day. Realizes he's in. Of course, the mystery pocket calls back. The special guest calls back. Tommy Tommy can we make this happen my sister step up she said she would watch my kid for my mom my mom is not able to do it but you know she's going to be fine not a serious car but she doesn't want to chase around a two year old but my sister said she would come down because they don't live in the same city anymore the sister lives in New York or right outside of New York in New Jersey and um, she lives in Philly so she said the sister was going to take the train down and watch the kid is there anything we could do can I still get back on I'm like I am sorry first cruise pun of the podcast that ship has sailed uh my buddy's coming on the ship with me you know it would have been nice to you know have fun you know take the date on the cruise but i was much happier to have my buddy on it i was just listen it was it was six dozen of one and how does it go six six of one half dozen of the other one one instance i'm gonna go up my buddy and we're gonna have a great time and we're gonna pile around and you know He's going to pay his way <laughs> versus, you know, actually being on a date and, you know, maybe having a, a romantic interest on the, on the cruise. Either way, whatever, you, you, you take it as it comes. Ended up being I was not going to tell my buddy he could not come after he made work arrangements and this and that. So I regretfully told the mystery pocket that she couldn't do it. So he's in now and we take the cruise to Cuba. How did it start? Starts as they usually do. The Bright Line. So I ended up going up to West Palm, um, crashed at his crib the night before. Just this way we can kind of wake up. Listen, uh, I'm always, uh, you know, he's in walking distance of the Bright Line. So, yes, I am driving up from Boca 20 minutes. But, you know, to keep things simple, I would have had to kind of do that anyway because um, there's really not a, you know, unless I was going to drive directly to the port. What's that noise? Is that a bird? better than a siren right so i was gonna have to go back up that way or if i didn't want to drive to the port well i guess i could have took the tri-rail but either way neither here nor there i'll go to his house i'll hang out we'll crash i'll crash on the couch and then we'll go on the cruise the next day so we did do that The Bright Line I can't say enough about, guys. This Bright Line in South Florida, if you want to stay in West Palm, if you want to stay in Fort Lauderdale, or uh, wherever, they're actually going to open it up to Orlando. So I think what they're saying is is it's high-speed rail. Richard Branson and our buddies over at Virgin Voyages, Virgin, just general, not Voyages, that's the cruise line, uh, they just purchased it and I think the transitions in process and they're doing all sorts of fun things that virgin always does on it they're doing a Miami run tour rum tour from West Palm to Miami and they're going to basically have a bunch of uh, uh, attractions on there they're gonna decorate it they're gonna have rum tastings they're gonna have uh, Latin uh, bands Cuban salsa bands on the on the train as well and they're doing that as like a little bit of a promotion I think it's going on very soon if not now anyway we take the bright line now the bright line is just such an ultra clean ultra modern terminal the trains as well and you get on you you go in the terminal you got to go through a little baggage thing where they scan you no big deal you fly right through that but once you uh, you know there's everything there's coffee places there's restaurants there's whatever you want right there while you wait ultra comfortable seating everything has a charging station and then the same thing once you get on the train it's very cushioned very comfortable uh some of the seats have tables and desks and you know so you can get some work done again everything's got the charging station uh, there's different tiers. You could just get on the train for like 18 15 $18. Bucks, or you can get the upgrade package where it's like 25 bucks and you get a drink and a snack. Or you can get like the uh, $30 package or whatever and just unlimited drinks while you're on the train or whatever it is. Just The Brightline is very, very comfortable. I can't say enough good things about the Brightline. And uh, they run pretty much every half hour, hour. So there's plenty of runs on them. And they actually struck a deal with MSC Cruises. So... If you're going to take an MSC cruise, uh, you can check your bags in on the Brightline train station and never see them again until you get into your stateroom. Now, the one thing I'll say is that it's interesting in that Virgin Voyages is coming onto the scene out of Miami. And uh, I just think it's going to be interesting once it's uh, established whether or not they're going to keep that partnership with MSC once they are uh, uh, once they end up being a direct competitor of theirs from a cruise ship standpoint. So we ended up getting there. Now you guys know me, especially on these. You know Terminal A, in Royal Caribbean in Miami. That's a whole different story. You're gonna you're gonna fly through that no matter what. But you're dealing with the Norwegian sky. So there's going to be a line. uh, It's going to be rough. There's going to be a lot of first-time cruisers, people who don't know what they're doing, some people who really like to drink, so they might already be drunk. So there's going to be mass confusion at this terminal half the time. And I didn't want to sit and wait, as you guys know. The cruise does not start until the mustard drill is over anyway, in my opinion. Now, I know a lot of you won't agree with that because a lot of you are going to say, no, the cruise starts when I get on the damn ship, and I'm getting on that ship early because I'm getting my money's worth Of the vacation. 100% agree with that philosophy. It's just not the one I uh, take pretty much. So either way. uh, We get into Miami. And we're a few hours early. Maybe two and a half hours early. So what am I going to do? I'm definitely not standing in the line of that terminal. So I tell Joe let's go over to Bay Plaza. We walk over to Bay Plaza. And uh, we just want to get some nachos. So the first thing that hits us in the face is the Hooters. I can't say enough great things about Bay Plaza too man. You just. It's. 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 Near the cruise ship. It's near the cruise port. And you're kind of just in the shadow of where the Miami Heat play, whatever that is. Um, It's escaping me right now with the name of the arena. It's American Airlines Arena. Is that what it is? And it's just a very pleasant place to be. They have live entertainment most of the time out there. They have tons of restaurants and bars. If you want to just chill out and have some draft beer, you can go up to the Hooters or they have a Bubba Gump, You know places like that. They have a couple of bars. They have a couple of standalone island mojito bars. You can enjoy that. Or you can have a real nice Caribbean restaurant or there's tons of restaurants. Do you have your choice? Right around You know, in that area, you have boat rentals. You have uh, jet ski rentals, things like that. It's really, really. I mean, just a just a very pleasurable place to be while you sit and you're staring at your cruise ship. Now you got to get in another Uber from there. You can't walk to the terminal from there, but you you can see across the little waterway there. You can see your cruise ship that you're going to get on. Very, very nice experience. Now you're sitting there and you see two o'clock, two thirty, two forty-five. What you don't want to do is miss the ship, right? Bad stuff can happen. Your Uber can get a flat tire traffic can jam up who knows what could happen you can get the guy can get lost which has happened which is correctable quickly so i almost timed it perfectly we ended up getting there uh probably at about you know 3 3 10 there was a decent little line still there so we did have to wait about 25 minutes or a half hour in the terminal online but who cares you know we we definitely i mean if we were a half hour hour earlier it would have been a lot worse so Board of the ship, no problem. It's, again, it's a very, very, you know, I I was on Doug's show, and there's two schools of thought on the ship. It's a little difficult to navigate versus simple. It's simple, except for the fact that, you know, in the dining room, there is that thing... On the deck, hole five, uh, five or six setup where you can't necessarily get fully across the ship on every single deck. You have to go down, then up, then around, stuff like that. But in general, it's a small enough ship to where you can't really get lost. Uh, it's a nice ship. It's a, it's a it's a very very. It's right around the two thousand. Right around the year two thousand. I forget it's two thousand one or ninety nine, but it's right around the two thousand. Um, you know, that's when it was debuted and they did a nice job with it we found out on the doug show that it did get refurbished and right around like march or whatever so yeah they did they did do a, a nice job with the refurb it definitely you know and they changed a few things since the last time we were on it in september they cut down the smoking areas a little bit they shut down some places where you know uh <clears throat> you were able to smoke and now they don't let you i guess maybe that's part of the refurbishment and uh You know, the casino didn't smell that bad at all. The hallway smelled nice. And I've always been a big, big fan of the decor on the ship. And I'm not a decor guy. I could really care less about, you know, if your walls are like the Carnival Vegas style or the muted tones or whatever. I thought it was, I I thought, you know, it was a nice like sea tone. There was a beautiful Starbucks on the, um, on the ship. And I guess in the refurbishment, it wasn't always an actual Starbucks. Now it is. Uh, they actually made If you recall the last time I was on that ship, there's a room towards the front of the ship. And I forgot what it was. The anchor and something. Whatever. It was something nautical themed. And uh, it was a room that reminded me of the Spinnaker Lounge. Now, this time on the ship, they called it the Spinnaker Lounge. It had to be the inspiration. As far as at least architecturally, it had to be the inspiration for what would eventually be the Spinnaker. So now they made it official. All right, what else? So what are we going to talk about? So the crowd on the cruise, it's not a disaster. You would think maybe you know these very, very low, inexpensive drinking cruises were a com- would be a complete disaster. I'll say this. It's definitely a lot more lively. It's definitely a lot more action, and people kind of are a little bit more rambunctious. It's an increased level of volume. I'll say that they rise to the occasion with that, too, because they do have a real nightclub. It's not one of those cheesy ones that fakes their way through it. Um, and they also have a little with one hell of a sound system as well. So they know who their crowd is. They know it's a drinking crowd. They know it's maybe a little bit of a younger, more uh, lack of a spending money crowd. So they cater to that, and they make it a party. Um, The cruise director forgot his name. He's probably been on there for a while. Oh, shoot. Forgot his name. But I'll say this. It It was a unique cruise director experience, too, because it's almost like he knew... That You know what, this is just a little bit run of the mill. He didn't seem like he was kind of putting the whole energy in the hole. And I kind of liked it, to be honest with you. He wasn't trying to force the action. He's like, all right, welcome everybody. This is the late. This is the welcome show. He wasn't um, sleepy. He was good. He was very engaging and he did an effective job it seemed like but it wasn't that hey everybody didn't have his own catchphrase he wasn't screaming at you at seven in the morning everybody toodaloo get down to the it wasn't cheesy he just kind of just went with it and i don't know if the cruise line the larger cruise lines or the larger cruise ships would allow for that they seem to kind of want that over-the-top character This guy was just, you know what? I'm here for you. I'm your host. This is what's going on this time. This is what's going on that time. Let me do that. Let me do. He didn't even host a lot of the shows. He had like a the assistant cruise director or someone, whoever it was, on the cruise director staff. Was this middle-aged kind of woman? Not kind of woman. Woman, sort of middle-aged woman, who, um, you know, she was Australian, and she was like, she reminded me. It was hard to describe. She. She didn't look the part of the part she was playing. She looked like more of like I'm going to say it. I don't care. She looked like someone you'd see more or less managing the restaurant. A little bit more uh, on, on the um, you know she wasn't no spring chicken. She wasn't a 22 year old, but she did have the energy. Now. Doing what I do, there was some holes in her game and how she did it, but it wasn't for lack of effort. She did bring the energy to the table. I noticed some mistakes in when she's trying to run these games and the shows and the pool deck. Uh, You know, one of those people who really like the sound of her own voice in a microphone and who doesn't when you do what we do. But you have to also be a little bit more concise with the contests. Like, you know, when you're doing the contest and you're setting up contests on the Lido deck, I've learned because I've set up my share of wet T-shirt contests. You know, it's fun. To be getting the crowd pumped up. It's fun to be in the planning stage, but you have to get out of the planning stage. You have to make the introductions, or if it's a beer chugging competition, wet t shirt, whatever it's going to be. You got to get the rules out there in a clear and concise fashion, and you got to get on with the show. You know what I mean? So she was all kind of caught up with herself and like, okay, and all the guys on this side and all the girls on this side, and then will crack a joke, and then this, and then oh, where are you from, sir? Where? So they ended up being like in this one thing where uh, there was like twenty, whatever the game was, it had to be like twenty-five contestants. She does a brief little bio on every single contestant. Dude, when you got twenty-five contestants up there, it's not that's not how you do it. You know what I mean? So. Listen to me on my soapbox telling people how to um, organize and throw parties via from an MC standpoint. Listen, it just you know, it, it touches home to what to what I do for a living, so or what I've done for a living in the past. So I was just, but overall. I'd give her a B. I'd give her a B because you know what? She was enthusiastic, energetic. She the crowd was responding to her. She was versatile. She was you know she knew the new younger catchphrases and stuff like that. So people enjoyed it and she kept it moving. I'm I'm kind of nitpicking because of um you know because it's just what I what I what I do because I'm because of my place in the industry whatever. Uh, so it was fun. The crew uh, first sea day was oh, actually no sea days. The first sea day would be embarkation day, but um, We didn't go so crazy. We drank a lot, I'd say. We didn't party so much. My buddy Joe is not necessarily, while he is in the nightclub business, he's not Mr. Alpha Party Joe. You know what I mean? He's more of like, let it come to me type of guy. So, uh, you know, we did a little drinking and the first day was Cuba. And, uh, you know... Like I said in the previous podcast leading up to this cruise, I wanted to kind of make sure I saw Cuba. And I wanted to, you know, one of my big priorities was to <clears throat> be able to document the trip. And, uh, you know, we're talking about my luck here. So uh, <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm documenting the trip. The guide is awesome. So when you do this, you get a car and two people. So you get the one who's the driver, who clearly seems like the muscle. This guy looked like he might have been, uh, you know, a throwback from the old days when lucky luciano and uh, Meyer lansky was running the town he had his hat good guy very nice guy but he just had the look of he did make a couple of questionable stops off though he did stop the car and we were at a red light and while she's giving us the tour he screams over her something i couldn't understand in spanish guy runs over to the car a handshake was made i did not see anything get passed across My buddy Joe said he did. He said Joe said he saw, what did he hand him? I'm like, I didn't see an exchange. Uh, Maybe I should have. But yeah, this guy looks, if you told me this guy had a little bit of, um, you know, I'm not going to call him shady, but if you told me this guy dealt in a little bit of the uh, underworld or the dark arts in Cuba, you wouldn't have got a shocked expression from me. Still, nevertheless, a very nice guy. And then the tour guide, the woman, was just a very sweet, informative, no-nonsense, but still very friendly person. She was so well-schooled in the history, so up on everything. It was very, very much pleasure to listen to her, and I was so glad, you know, the recommendation from everybody, including Matt and Thelma and Beatrix, to really get the classic car tour. Uh, It did. It added something. It felt good getting into that freaking car every time. Now, I had a choice. We could have got a hard top for cheaper. I would have got a hard top if they would have been able to guarantee me that there was AC. Of course, you get the nice view with the uh, with the top down. But it would have been nice to be able to get out. I could have got all the footage I want to getting out of the car. I very rarely took pictures from inside the car anyway. But it would have been nice to kind of go from stop to stop and have AC. But these 1950, I think we had a... Um, what do we have? A, a, a Dodge or something like that, or a Chevy? I don't even know what we had. I'm not a car guy, but it was a beautiful blue car. You probably saw the pictures if you looked at the Always Be Both Cruisers Lounge on Facebook, which is a group that you should join if you haven't done so already. Uh, we really uh got the run, and they were so flexible too. They were like, "Listen, we can run you a tour. We can give you a tour." and run you all over cuba and give you the spots that you'd want to see we think you want to see but if you did research and you want to go certain places and you want to devise your own tour you could do that as well so we did a combination of both i did do a lot of research and i did look into a lot of the stuff and it was awesome the first stop we did was on the fort so we went through a tunnel went under the body of water that you sail into uh sail in from and we went to the fort and yeah you know It's interesting. Let's slow down for a minute. What do you guys think as far as going to Cuba? I think there are a a number of varying opinions about it. I didn't really think twice about it. All I know is this mysterious place that you can't go to, that you can't get in. But all of a sudden now the cruise ports let you in. And, uh, you know, people are taking advantage of it in droves. I am not a completely unconscious person politically. Uh, I would like to say that I was more. I kind of over the last... You know during this whole trump thing just seeing people and friends and family members at each other's throats i've kind of taken on the position of i still will stay engaged and i will still have political political conversations with people and things like that so long as you show me that you're reasonable i just seen such a polarizing thing happen uh there's things i like about certain parties and there's things i don't like about certain parties and i just realized it's gotten so out of control and people are really just raging out over this stuff, so I decided to kind of stick, take a step back a little bit. But some people didn't like the fact or, or thought it was wrong morally to go to Cuba. Now, listen to me. I respect that opinion. I do. I get it. If you are going to take a stand because of the Castro regime and what they do and listening to those people, I'll get into that a little bit too. Uh, I see where you're coming from, 100%. Um, You know, what are you protesting? You're not going to put money into the Cuban government because they're going to get a good portion of your money? Yeah, but maybe that's the case. But you're also feeding into directly the people who need it most when you tip a a guide directly, too. So, uh, again, six of one, half dozen of the other. Where does the pendulum sit? Ultimately, a lot of people do draw a hard line. I don't care what you do with those people. Uh, the fact that you're putting a dime into that government and you're going to that oppressed regime is humani- is wrong from a humanitarian standpoint because, in, in effect, you're, you're, you're supporting that regime. And there's a part of me that totally agrees with that. There's a part of me that totally agrees with that even more after listening to certain people. Having said that, I don't regret going. I, I still would go. I st- I'm glad that I got the contact. You know, so many people spit out shit and just say stuff based on what they hear on the news and your life and your whole political, I guess, point of view ends up coming from just what you see on MS- MSNBC or Fox. I listen to Fox and I see like, okay, well, you know what? These guys, they, they clearly have their agenda and they're going to put it out to you. And then you turn on MSC, you know, MSNBC or CNN and it's a completely other side. Like anything, guys, what do you want me to tell you? There's There's one side of the story, there's the other side of the story, and then there's the truth. Three sides to every story. I I will say that it's the way it is. You could say every election, give or take, it's pretty much split. 50% of the people have one ideology, and 50% of the people generally think, in general, on the opposite side of that ideology. You can't say one is good or better than the other to me. You just have to kind of, you know, those hard right wing people that just think completely. Well, if half the population thinks that way, it can't be wrong. It's just a mindset is what it is. So talking about that, let me know what you think about going to Cuba, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Let me know if you're morally against it. Let me know if you think it's, uh, you know, you think it was wrong to support the government by going there, Uh, you know, and then, okay, let's take a step back. I know a bunch of people right now are like, what are you even talking about? Of course you want to go to Cuba. Of course you want to get a firsthand view of the society. It's a beautiful place. Screw Trump. Go to Cuba. You know what I mean? I get that side of it too. Fine. However... The interesting part of it is that we went there and shame on me for not being up on this politically. But I didn't know that there was even uh, I I, know I did hear that Cuba was in jeopardy because or or, our tourism presence in Cuba was in jeopardy because of the the Trump regime and changes that he might make and undo some of the stuff that Obama did to cool the relationships. uh, I'm sorry, cool off the tension between us and Cuba. So I knew that was eventually in jeopardy. But when we got there, our tour guide told us, she was like, listen, we're all a little nervous here because we really rely on these cruise ships for money. And I'm like, well, what's the big deal? She's like, oh. I was like, oh yeah. So eventually, yeah, Trump might put a change to that. She's like, no, eventually is today. I'm like, oh, so I was like, what? Like, yeah, they were, they were up on it. They were like, you know, they said there's definitely going to be a decision made either today or tomorrow or the decision announced by today or tomorrow. About the new policy of the United States towards Cuba. And I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't know that. And then Doug texted me. Doug Parker from Cruise Radio texted me. And he said, uh, any buzz about the uh, decision that's going to come down? I'm like, holy shit, wow, this is real. I didn't even know. So uh, we take our tour. We'll talk about the tour in a minute, but we end up getting back on the ship because it's, you know, we're going to freshen up a little bit, get a little something to eat, and then head back out. But we get a drink, and uh, oh, I'm sorry, we get some food, we get lunch, and we sit at the uh, table in the, the Great Outdoors, the outdoor aft section of the buffet on the Norwegian Sky. And we hear over the loudspeaker, and we're listening this time because it's the captain, and he says, ladies and gentlemen, paraphrasing, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, please, we're sorry for this news, but if you're on the ship right now, you're going to have to remain on the ship due to... uh, international events or decisions made due to political whatever he said i'm paraphrasing like i said he cited it he wasn't just like he nobody gets off the ship for a little while that's it he cited the fact that this is because of the decision that was made on the policy change that we could not get off the ship until further notice so then we go to a bar uh my some of my uh, facebook stuff starts coming in sending links to articles about you know Trump decides that we can't go to Cuba anymore. So I start showing it to the crew. I'm like, did you guys hear about this? They're like, no. They were very, very interested in it. One of them took my phone and started showing it to his other friends behind the bar and everybody. And there was like a little bit of a state of panic or confusion on the people that were on the ship. So he gives me back my phone and I'm asking him, "You so you didn't hear about this at all? You don't know if there's any changes to any itineraries? All we know, so in this, you know, getting this information and seeing the way everybody else is reacting our reaction is that okay well we're not getting off the ship anymore that's going to be it for the night and then joe was like you know i agree with him he was like you know it's a good thing we got off maybe we shouldn't have got back on so quick but i don't know i don't know if that was the right thing either he he put in my mind the the scene from the godfather when it was new year's eve and uh you know there was the mass confusion because they just kind of emulated that there was a revolution going around as uh, as that like that subplot to the movie and they're running around, and Fredo just finds out that Michael knows that he he's the uh, one who tried to kill him. And uh, amidst all the gunfire and the, the 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 shooting and everything, they're just trying to get out of Cuba alive. <laughs> he's like, Fredo, I knew it was you. Come on, follow me. This is the only way off the island. And uh, we were we were imagining that scene going on, but no. Anyway. Less than an hour later, or maybe around an hour later, the captain gets back on and gives us the all clear to go into Cuba. So I didn't know what that was about. I assume that the announcement came, and for that reason, he shut it down for a while and made the decision to shut it down until he, and I guess that's a good move. He probably took it upon himself to say, all right, well, I see this going on. Am I supposed to just follow this like as of right now? Uh, effective immediately but he so he did that he just shut it down and I guess maybe he went in and gathered some information and I guess the information that came back out was that okay these two sailings and I am literally on the one of the last two sailings the the ship that was in in port the two ships that were in port the Empress of the Seas that was right next to us and, and us the Norwegian sky were the last two ships that were going to be permitted to go into Cuba well it's more complicated than that. So you had June fifth. So they said the ruling was is that if you have travel planned before June June fifth, you could still take that travel. You could take that trip. Now um, that shuts down cruising because cruises want to fill. Cruises want to sail. Cruise ships want to sail at a hundred percent booked. And if not everybody booked by that time, which probably they didn't, it's just going to be easier to to just change the itinerary because legally you can change the itinerary. Now you're going to give some money back but it is what it is. So uh, the cruise ships did pull out of Cuba and our sailing was it sucks because it wasn't the last one. That would have been cool to say the second to last. The Empress pulled out a few hours after we did. So that was it. All right. So getting back to just Cuba. I got to tell you the video is going to come out and please subscribe to the YouTube channel. And uh, check it out. It's I just The video's done. I just have to do the voiceover for it. But, man, some of the things you see, and you'll see me kind of talk about it over and over again. It's just Cuba is a story of beauty and poverty. That's it. It's just contrasting beauty and poverty. You'll see one area. You'll see the National Hotel. And you'll just see this gorgeous landscape, beautiful lobby, uh, pristine Uh, bars and restaurants in there, just luxury. And right down the block, you will see just buildings that should have been condemned 40 years ago. You know what I'm saying? So that's the story with Cuba. What did I get out of Cuba? What did I want to do? I wanted to just get information and do what everybody said to do, connect with the people. And when you say connect with the people, really... Uh, You're connecting with the guide and you're connecting with some business owners. The people on the street, if they're hanging around the street and they're locals, chances are they do and want to sell you cigars or whatever else they're trying to sell you. But it's just a very nice place to be. We saw it all. Now, we got a chance to sort of the things I didn't see that I wanted to see was the ice cream shop that uh, Castro made to help communism. We didn't get to that. I didn't get to see a baseball field or a baseball game. It's not, I guess, baseball season right now, per se. Uh, I did not get to see... What else didn't we see that we wanted to see? Um, I wanted to see uh, Plaza Viejo. Uh, Didn't see that. Um, But we saw so much. We went into the Florida we went on i i went on a bunch of rooftops uh hotels you have a good like little run of rooftops like in near central park the hotels again luxury and then you sit in this freaking beautiful bar with the perfect mojito well dressed staff everything is pristine crystal clear infinity pool on top of the roof and then you're overlooking just i mean miles and miles and miles of just destruction just condemned buildings so it's so nice and so sad at the same time. And uh, what else? do What else? What other Cuban notes do I have? The trip to the National Hotel was sick because all I thought we were doing was going to see the beautiful hotel. I didn't know that they were taking us outside, and then they were going to take us underground into a bunker that was, you know, reflective of just whatever it was—the Cuban, the days of the Cuban Missile Crisis. Because in the bunker, they have. Cuban Missile Crisis and Bay of Pigs invasion there and you know you get a little bit of a a speaking tour of that also um, you know then you, you, the the bunker was extensive, so you're underground for a while walking through the bunker. I could only imagine what it would be like if you're actually in the middle of a conflict. I mean, first of all, it's 99 degrees there, I mean, it's so hot. You're under there, a bomb could just blast you at any minute. You don't know if it's a direct hit, is going to kill you, or it's going to be close by, and it's just going to rattle the crap out of you. You're kind of blind to all this, you're just kind of going off what you see. Chances are you're probably, you know dozens of people on either side of you so you can't go anywhere if you wanted to unless they started moving that is just a horrifying feeling to me it's it's cool to walk through there even just walking through there the bunker and just the claustrophobia of it the darkness of it and just the feeling that you get inside the thing you know even though you know you're in no danger you still get a little bit relieved when you pop out of there just for whatever reason (laughs) you know what i mean just it's just eerie it's an eerie feeling um, but yeah, we were talking about the forts before. That's what got me on the tangent of uh, whether or not we should go to Cuba as a moral issue. Uh, but yeah, they do. the The thing is, though, they do. That's what got me thinking of that because you go by these forts, and there's military memorabilia, and a lot of the military memorabilia that they celebrate is not so friendly to us. You know what I mean? They have pieces and scraps of scraps of the U two plane that they shot down when we were trying to photograph and gather intelligence during, you know, the 13 days of the Cuban Missile Crisis. By the way, watch that freaking movie. If you have the even the slightest interest in all things, uh, you know, history, military history, U.S.-Cuba relations, Cold War type stuff, watch 13 Days with Kevin Costner. Ooh, it's just dialogue, mostly dialogue, but it's so riveting. If Kevin Costner plays... um. Ooh, what's the guy's name? Forgetting the guy's name, but he's uh assistant to the Kennedys and kind of one of their chief advisors during the whole thing. Ken Starr? Is he Kenneth Ken? Ken some Kenneth Starr, I think it is. Uh but it's a really good movie. But yeah, you're going through this this military history that they're proud of and you know, it's a mixed of mix of, you know, the tourists and locals or and the tourists are not even all American, they're from other places, so any victory they have against us, like the Bay of Pigs for instance they're gonna, you know, kind of be proud of it, and they're gonna talk to the group. You know, they're not—they know there are probably some Americans in the group, but you know, there's also Canadians and there's also Spaniards and there's also you know people from Europe and you know things like that. So they're not just trying to appease us; they're telling us how they think it was. Here's another thing they think. Now, if you guys know current events, I remember this definitely, and I'm not the biggest current event follower, but I remember a few. You know, what was it? Maybe in the area of a year back. There was an alleged acoustic attack to our embassy in uh, Cuba. I remember hearing about it on the news that people ran out of the embassy. They were holding their ears. They got an immediate headache. They were like something. There was an acoustic th- attack that was not, it was almost like some dog whistle thing. And America said that they were 100% positive that, uh, you know, this was an attack, an acoustic attack carried out by Russia. And they pulled everybody out of the embassy, and pulled everybody out of there. Um, Talked to the talk to the tour guide, talk to the people in Cuba. It never happened. It was made up. It was completely made up. It was completely um, uh, a form of you know propaganda. And we wanted to get out of the embassy or out of Cuba. We just wanted to eg- exit the building. We just, we just wanted to be not there anymore. So they're telling us that it's a known fact in Cuba that we made up a story about an acoustic attack from the Russians, of all people. The Russians, I guess that's what they said, because Russians do, I guess the embassy is kind of proximal. The the, the U.S. embassy is right across from the Malacone, and it's right near the Riviera Hotel, right where uh, all the U.S. gambling and stuff used to go on. But, um, yeah, man, it's a really... Really, we had seen it's conflicting as far as what you're going to do. I just went there as just a sponge, just taking in information. Uh, clearly, the people are nice people, and uh, clearly, they are grossly oppressed. She told us that the doctors there make $80 a a, a, a month, $80 a month as a doctor. The health care is free. The education is free. But, yes, then you got to go find a doctor. You know what I mean? And that's not always easy to do because – The doctors, and we're just keeping it real here, talking how we talk, you know, just saying that half the doctors are hookers because, you know what, $80 a month, ain't going to cut it, and if there's tourists in there who want a little fun time, they're going to make 10 times more doing that uh, than they will be, you know, on their regular jobs. And same with tour tour operators. Now, this woman, you know, if you told me she was a hooker, I'd be shocked. But from what you, you gather... A lot of people. My friend John told me that uh, his friend uh, solicited when he was down there, and the 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 prostitute took him. This is a friend of a friend here, so don't don't come at me. All right, a a friend of a friend took the, the the prostitute took the guy to his home to her home. I'm sorry, and they did what they did. He paid his fee, whatever he paid. While while that was going on, he slept over, and the. Parents washed the clothes and cared for the guy. Cleaned his shoes, washed his clothes, did laundry, made him breakfast until they were done doing what they did. It's just uh, where, just that's how oppressed they are. They're that oppressed where, you know what? If you got you got to do what you got to do, and if you're gonna make eighty dollars a month as a doctor, uh, and you can make two hundred dollars one night, you know, doing what you do doing that that type of thing you know that's you could see why you know that's that's what poverty breeds now also um, this, this tour guide this tour operator seemed like a very very nice woman she said that's another alternative is the tour guides you know we, I, I know I handed her we handed her what was it <clears throat> for the, for the two of us 210 the tour ended up being 180 bucks for both of us and it was a five hour tour convertible. Hundred and eighty dollars for both of us. So that's ninety dollars a person for the whole day. And we gave her a thirty dollar tip on top of that. So she's she makes money. She doesn't necessarily have to do that, but you gotta get into the tourism industry. But she was also very concerned about the whole thing where we talk about not uh being able to you know she's not going to have cruise ships anymore so like i said you're there you see little pieces of american pl- uh, planes sitting there and i'm supposed to sit there and celebrate that that got me to a point where i was like Oof, what are we doing here you know i don't necessarily but you know they have their story we have our story you know japanese people go and visit pearl harbor you know what i mean united states people go and visit normandy and okinawa so i don't know where the line is you know what i'm saying so i'm saying when i said i stopped getting political you realize you got freaking 50 more years left on a planet, or if you're lucky, and you freaking go about your business and go about your way and just live your life and trying to enjoy yourself, you know? You're not going to change the world. You I mean, ideally, you can change the world if you want to go run for office. If you're not going to run for office or start marches or things like that, you know, people don't give a crap about your opinion half the time. If they ask, you tell them. You tell them in a respectful way, but I just... Uh, kind of, uh, you know, I just decided I'm going to be a little bit more of a, uh, yeah, this, this, I drew the line. <clears throat> I'm a patriotic guy. You know what I mean? I'm definitely patriotic. I love this country. I love the people in it. And, uh, you know, when we have enemies, we have enemies. They're our enemies. But to me, the people of Cuba are not our enemy. All right, so here's where it got a little funny, interesting, dicey, whatever you want to call it. It was hysterical. But uh, so we, like I said, we spent the whole day on the island, then got back on the ship, had a little dinner, lunch, whatever you want to call it. And then we're going to get back off the ship. Now, my buddy Joe, a little tired, had a couple of drinks, nothing crazy. But, you know, Joe likes to relax. And Joe's looking at this vacation as a little bit of an opportunity to relax from his stressful job at the bar. Uh, Totally understand that. But me, I'm on a little bit of a different mission. I'm trying to see as much as I can. I'm trying to squeeze in my time on Cuba as much as possible. So no big deal. All right, Joe, you stay. Catch a couple of hours sleep. And I'll go catch some pictures, hit some rooftops and do my thing. And then I'll meet you at the Floridita at about 930 when you want to, you know, wake back up. So he's like, that's fine, except I don't think I'm going to find the Floridita. I'm like, all right, that's fine. I'll just walk the extra couple of blocks and I'll go to the cruise terminal, meet you there, and then we'll walk back into town together. He says, perfect. So I'm running around. Now, it, it was both good and bad because I'm walking around town. Uh, I'm going up on rooftops. I'm sweating my ass off. You know what the scariest thing in the world is? If you ask me if Cuba is safe, and if you're nervous when you're in Cuba, you're nervous when you get in an elevator in Cuba. <laughs> That's the scariest part because these buildings are from 1911, and you know you get in the elevator. takes four minutes for the door to close, and there's six other people in this square box, and it's 170 degrees. I don't know how much. It, it, I don't know how much realistically it is in the elevator but it's freaking hot and uh the nightmare scenario is that elevator getting stuck which with a 1914 elevator is not completely out of the question you would think but you 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 know that is the slowest thing going from floor 1 to floor 6 on the rooftop is the slowest whatever it is 35 seconds of your life because the elevator is moving slow and, uh, you know, we no problems, everything was good, but that was scary. If that thing got stuck in that heat, sitting on top of those people, I'm not a typically claustrophobic person or overly claustrophobic person, but that scenario would have been an absolute nightmare. So, checking out some rooftops, getting some good pictures. I noticed that it's almost uh, quarter to nine, uh, nine o'clock comes. I make my way to the cruise port to meet Joe. Now... Having said this, I'm exhausted, I'm tired, I probably stink, it's just just all day in the heat, and uh, stop, eat dinner, and then more, just heat and heat and walking and heat, so I'm still enjoying all the sights and everything, but I'm definitely, you know, not having a problem going into the cruise terminal for a second to kind of catch some AC, which they barely have, but I go back, walk all the way back, it took longer than I thought it would, uh... Going through different uh, areas, end up in uh, you know, uh, San, uh, Plaza de San Francisco, and that's you know, you know, you're home free because right across the street is the uh, port of San Francisco. So you go in there. I'm waiting. 9:30 comes. 9:40 940 comes. 9:45 comes. Now I'm like using. Okay, I'm getting back on the ship, and I'm not going back to Cuba because there was a possibility of possibly, maybe going to one of the nightclubs, and that was kind of like the pseudo plan but uh I'm kind of spent anyway so I go back into the terminal through customs back onto the ship to look for Joe go into the room and of course he's absolutely sleeping snoring dead to the world I wake him up he's like oh my god my alarm my alarm I was like yeah it's kind of for the best I was <laughs> I didn't that walk back from the hotels to the cruise terminal that kind of knocked me out i was kind of done after that so if joe came out i would have done a nice little lap with him again but i was not long for the night the nightclubs probably would not have happened it was a long day there was a little bit of drinking um you know my favorite part of it definitely was the um the 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 national hotel all the history you got and the bunker and everything else and things like that and then you go back inside and there's like a little bit of a uh events room like a little bit of a you know like a like a ballroom and uh that used to be the casino the casino where lucky luciano and meyer lansky and everybody spent all their time and spent all their money and ran the you know ran the whole operation there had the celebrities in there sinatra everybody and then we went into a bar called the hall of fame bar and this is supposedly a bar that all people you know it's all over the wall you know those uh cool little new york city bars where they have the comic book versions of everybody who'd ever been there this was like that on steroids a beautiful room probably the best mojito mojito i've ever had granted maybe because of the uh my level of heat and uh uncomfortability and sweating that could have contributed to why the mojito was so good but yeah they said the mojito was really good there so the mojito was delicious there enjoyed the hell out of it and uh Saw all the pictures in the walls. It was broken down by decades, starting in the 1930s, 40s, 50s, and they had very, very nice, realistic-looking drawings, in some cases photographs, of all the people that, you know, famous people that have gone through the, uh, the doors of the Hall of Fame bar at the National Hotel. And uh, they actually have a roulette wheel that Lucky Luciano used to use and Meyer Lansky used to use, sitting there as memorabilia, some statues, and then we were on our way again really cool we saw the christopher columbus cemetery we saw the um you know the the national forest which is weird here oh here's something weird this is i could have done without this and you know little little take a turn for the disturbing here so cuba is made up of uh three nationalities mostly two because a lot of the indigenous people i guess were kind of uh wiped out because of uh disease but mostly people from spain and then people here from the slave trade as well and uh the people from the slave trade i guess brought over a certain, the a lot of the afro afro cuban side brought over a special religion called um, santeria and you guys have probably heard of that i know i've heard of it and i heard it was kind of a little bit of a uh eccentric religion uh no 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 problems but they took us to this national forest or this uh the, the havana forest and it was just made to be preserved, and a lot of a lot of stuff goes on there. They take pictures for sweet sixteens there, uh, wedding pictures there, things like that. Uh, and it's just a nice little area to take pictures. And locals do it as well. So we go there, and she tells us this lake. I mean, I'm sorry, this river at the at the base has has been known to have cleansing power. It's a lot of minerals, very cleansing. Not anymore. The Centuria people, um, you know, whatever it is, and they don't. Uh, they're very careful to say that they don't discriminate against the religion. They have no problems with the religion. They don't agree with it. They don't practice it, but they have no issues with anybody who does. Uh, But what she did say was that, and we saw them, normally you don't, um, they've been outlawed to practice a lot of the things that they want to practice. And what they do is a lot of times they'll go to the river and, you know, they'll do a little music. They'll do a little uh, dancing, dances, and a little ceremony, and that'll culminate with them sacrificing whatever animal they could find, whether it's a goat, whether it's a chicken. They'll get together as a family or as like a little bit of a group, and they'll just sacrifice this animal at the river. Um, they smoke, they drink, they bring food, and the the issue that the the people have with them is not their religious beliefs. It's that... They just don't seem to care about the pollution. They will leave everything wherever it is. They leave the half-sacrificed animals. And we... And she told us this was very rare because they've kind of like... Not on the run, but they're being chased out of most of these spots. And the government has done a huge crackdown on them doing this and taking on these ceremonies. Again, not because of the beliefs, but because of the pollution that that comes from it. And um, we were there... And we got to witness the thing going on. We looked down. I didn't, I didn't want to see it. I didn't look for any sacrificing going on. But we saw them down there doing whatever they do at the river and kind of having their ceremony. And we were catching the tail end of it. They actually all walked pa- right past us, which was crazy. And then uh, my, our tour guide kind of sh- she shook her head only because, yeah, just as, as you see, everything was left there. It was left dirty. And creepiest part... Not very pleasant. You saw, you saw a uh, goat that was down there, or some sort of an animal, goat or a little uh, whatever, uh, biting at something like it was a chicken or something, and finishing off the remains of whatever they sacrificed. So there was a sacrifice that was going on down there, and that was a little creepy, a little bit of a creepy portion of the trip, but nevertheless very very fascinating and interesting to kind of see from a first stand uh, viewpoint, and um that was it we went to the revolution square and that was interesting uh she showed us uh gave us a little bit of background on jose Marti, uh che guevara whose first name is ernesto didn't know that and castro himself and there she talked to us for a while and she opened up a little bit with us and told us that you know she doesn't agree with the regime she doesn't agree with castro but they're so very careful to say anything And uh, she didn't directly say anything bad, even about Castro. She didn't. But you could tell if you read between the lines, she was wanting to be helped and rescued. She was saying things like, I love Cuba. I love my people. Now, she didn't say she was ready to start a revolution. But she did say most of the reason, aside from just like having the gumption and the wherewithal to start a revolution, she said to us that there would be no revolution started right now anyway because... ...of the grandparents. She said the older generation, while they know they're not stupid, they know about the oppression, they know about the atrocities and the murders that the Castro regime has put forward, they're not in a position to confront it or go against it, whether it's fear or respect or a little bit of a combination of both, they still, the older generation, looks at Fidel Castro as sort of a mythical godlike feature... They have like shrines to him in their houses. Now, she says it's it's they know, though, they know we don't talk about it. Yeah. Well, what about this, grandma? What about he did this and that? Watch your mouth. We don't say that here. We don't talk about that. We don't bring it up. So that's that generation is just that that level of acceptance that this is the cards we've been dealt with. This is the guy who's in charge and this is the guy who we're going to honor and respect. And. The reason that the younger generation wouldn't go against it, unlike this country or whatever, you know, it's, I guess it's not like it. the younger generation in our country is just radical and, you know, they want change, it, for lack of better terms. You know, for the most part, you will see a lot of that, just radicalness, progressive wanting change. The, the, the main reason that they accept the government that they have is because they don't want to disgrace their grandparents. You know what I'm saying? Their grandparents would never look at them the same way. The grandparents wouldn't stand for it. No, you do not go against the the government and to go against the government that they know they don't believe in and they know they're doing wrong would be to go against their own ancestors and their their grandparents that's that's what she told us and in a way, it kind of made sense. I got it and uh she told us some stories about what she told us some stories about how Castro would talk for hours and hours and then the whole tension between you know. Jose Marti was almost like an early version of Castro but much more of a little bit of a um, he didn't necessarily have for lack of a better term the balls that Castro had he had the ideas and everything and the creative mind too in a creative sense he was the guy who came out with the song uh, if I said that right but yeah if you want to hear that song yeah, go to Cuba. You'll hear it on repeat every other street corner. And they're not doing it for their own benefit. They're doing it because they you know, they think, go to Mexico. You're going to hear La Bamba. What are you going to say? Uh, so she was telling us how uh, uh, um, Jose Marti is uh, the, the originator. He had a lot of – and then Castro started his revolution based on a lot of the principles and the ideals that Marti had. But Castro was a thug. He was just a gangster. And he was not – whether he had an army of 3, 4, 12, 80, or 90 – He was going to fight. And uh, that's what it was. And and it was interesting, too, that, you know, I also found out that from a couple of places, because I'll tell you what, I did go home and watch documentaries. And every single thing checks out. It's the same story. So I'll I'll say this first. So there's all those conspiracies. There's conspiracies about uh, Che Guevara, who was gaining a lot of popularity, but he started seeing having some infighting with the Castros, like. You know, they just didn't necessarily agree on a lot of the stuff once the post-revolution stuff happened, and um, so you know they still said it was all love, but they still didn't they still disagreed on a bunch of stuff until the disagreements happened, and they uh, Che Guevara was on a plane and the plane disappeared. In Over the ocean. Nobody found the plane, you know, and Castro came out and said this was a horrible day in the history of Cuba. Awful events. You know, you know, this guy, we're going to honor him forever. He we couldn't have done anything without him. Meanwhile, a lot of people say if you watch, you know, do your homework, they'll tell you that there's a chance that the Castro's had everything in the world to do with Che Guevara's death. Who knows? They seem to think it. She still says she loves Cuba. She still says, I love it here. But I feel like when she told me that, she also told me that she has a connection that can get her to the Dominican Republic and then to Mexico and then possibly to the United States. So in one breath, she's saying she loves it and she loves her people. She would never disrespect her grandmother. In the other breath, she's saying that, you know, she's trying to maybe see about the possibilities of maybe getting the hell out. So also, she said that the leader right now, and I forgot his name, somebody, some of you who are more up to date with contemporary um, world events are going to know the name of the who's running Cuba now. Uh, There's a Castro, the Castro's brother is still in office as like some sort of like the military manager, whatever the defense guy, or I, I don't know what the title is. But He still holds a very important position, but there is another gentleman who is essentially the leader. He has not shown his true colors. That's what they think. They think he has not shown his true colors. Uh, Is it Raul Castro who's still alive? When there's no more Castro, they're thinking that this guy might show his true colors and do the right thing, but they're thinking while there's still Castros and other people laying around that are within the regime, that he's playing ball with them, so I don't know. They are hopeful that there's going to be change. The people of Cuba are kind of just like waiting with this hope that okay, you know what? You know, we're not going to start a revolution. We're not going to, you know, rise up. We know we're being oppressed. We know it's awful, but we have faith that there's this new guy and we're hoping he's going to eventually shine on his own, show his true colors and uh Eventually take them to where they want to be and maybe loosen up the rain so that they're not as oppressed as they are. It would be a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful place. I really had a good time. And uh, that's pretty much it. What else on the Norwegian sky? That's it. We did the buffet every single night because we just didn't want to sit around for two hours at the main dining room, Um, especially on a cruise that's only four days. And uh, we had a good time. That's about it. That's all I really kind of say. The Norwegian sky is the Norwegian sky. You're going to see a ship tour come out on the YouTube channel as well. So we get you two upcoming videos. One is going to be on Cuba. Of course, great timing, Tommy. You're going to make the uh, Cuba video to end all Cuba videos. So anybody, this is going to be the go-to video for Cuba. If anybody wants to cruise there, won't, 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 no more cruising to Cuba. Well, maybe it'll be a nostalgia piece. Who knows? We'll see. Anyway, um that's pretty much it for Cuba uh, the gem is I'm sorry, the sky is the sky. I did go to the Bahamas the next day did end up getting off the ship despite the fact that I was thinking I wasn't going to, but it's just kind of like, hey, we're here, why not? Let's just go do a walkthrough and great up K, get some pictures and let's see how close we can get to perfect day at K. wasn't really successful. I walked as far west as I possibly could. And um or what is it south I think I walked as walked as far as I could, and to the point where it was not in my vantage, and there was just people guarding it. I don't think physically you can make that crossing no problem you can walk or even swim across to Coco Cay if you because you can get close enough, but yeah it's it's very well guarded and they're not going to let you make the transfer. I don't know maybe next time we'll try via jet ski we'll see um, all right, that was the main topic of the show let's get into the emails. <laughs> Hey, quick question. How important is your vacation to you? Okay, well, are you booked? If not, I wanna give you a quick heads up on how close you can really be to your cruise vacation of a lifetime. Let's talk Caribbean. Yeah, that's right. The tropical, paradise, white sand, crystal clear, blue water Caribbean. Cruising is an adventure. Why visit just one destination when you can conquer three or four? We wanna be the perfect getaway from your everyday always be booked cruises and vacations has the experience the affiliations and most of all the passion to match you up with a getaway that you and your group will share stories about for decades to come no matter who's listening some say a cruise is a cruise but the truth is we help you find your cruise whether you're seeking the ultimate island adventure, world class onboard entertainment, or gourmet Caribbean food and cocktails, you can share memories with those you're traveling with and make lifelong friends with those you just met. Having spent years on some of the world's most celebrated cruise ships and creating partnerships on the most desirable destinations in the Caribbean, Always Be Both Cruises will craft a custom itinerary that will surpass anything you thought you could ever experience on land or sea. If you're ready to start planning your dream cruise, go to Always Be Both booked.com or email me directly at tommy at alwaysbebooked.com your emails have become a lifeblood of the show and we're so happy that you guys participate in them every week we want to keep them coming so please tommy at Always Be booked.com. if there's ever a little bit of a lag in the show it's more often than not because i'm trying to wait on a couple of more emails so i don't care how many times you have emailed me already uh just keep them coming keep keep the conversation going there's no dumb questions. There's no dumb comments. Everything we want to hear it all: the good, the bad, the in between, the the costly, the uh, you know the the rip offs, the uh, stuff that's a huge value. Everything. Email Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Let's get into it. Tommy, I really enjoy the show and have been listening for over a year. I'm really glad you are back and doing regular episodes of the podcast. Your information is helpful and the way you deliver it is entertaining but oh oh, okay we got a but here we go first but of the day do you have to talk so much about the patreon we get it karen from san diego <laughs> karen first of all i really really appreciate you listening to the show uh the fact that you still give me a chance. despite Because that's the thing, too, guys. You're going to like certain things on the show. You're not going to like certain things on the show. Hopefully, you like enough of it that you're going to roll through it. And uh, Karen likes a lot of the show. Uh, but she's annoyed by the Patreon. All right. Let me explain something with the Patreon. And please, nobody take offense to this. <laughs> uh About a month and a half ago, well, no, about two and a half years ago, I started this thing for fun, Always Be Booked, and I eventually, in my back of my mind, wanted it to be something that I could sustain on and see if I could make something happen with it, knowing that it was going to be a while for that transition to happen. So after two and a half years, here we sit, going back and forth, uh... Varying degrees of attention that I've put on this, but never completely abandoning it whatsoever. Um, where it's gone is that I've ha- I have a job. I had, I had a full time job most of the time, and it's a pretty good job, and it was an enjoyable job that I liked to do, and it was kind of like what I thought was I was built for for a very long time. As the years went on, this thing, last couple years went on. This thing has started to take a life of its own through the community, through getting more involved in cruising and this and that. I always found myself asking the question what would happen if I just did this thing full time what what could happen where could it go uh, and that question kept kept coming up so much to the point where it would start to affect my regular job to the point where now I know that this had to be taken a shot I had to take a shot at it shot at it so one month ago or one and a half months ago I quit my full-time job I mean think about what that is you quit your in your 40s, you quit your full-time job because you have a desire so much to make this happen, to make your passion a reality, that you quit your job. And you walk away from the job that you've had for 16 years. Ups and downs with that job, but I've had that job for 16 years. I walk away with no income, trying to put everything into crew. Some might call it stupid. <laughs> Half the world again. Same thing with politics. Half the people will say it's stupid. Half the people will say, you know what? If you like what you do, you won't work a day in your life. I'm finding myself to be motivated by that sentiment. So... A month and a half ago, I quit my job. There is no income, and I am dedicating all of my time towards bringing you guys this show, sending you guys on cruises, making whatever I could do, uh, creating a community where you guys can interact, doing Facebook Lives, and putting my life into this. Now, I throw it out there. Now, keep in mind also, I don't begrudge anybody who doesn't have the uh, inclination or the finances to commit to the five dollars a month at all just listen to this show karen do apologize but putting into what i put into it and kind of going all out and especially cutting the cord which is terrifying cutting the cord and doing this full time forgive me if i say i don't have any qualms about doing a 30 or 40 seconds spending a minute or so even if it's two minutes of my two-hour show on letting you guys know that there's a way to support this show and support this venture that i'm taking on so um again hopefully we can get past that karen i do not want to lose you as a listen to a listener but i i have to say with all due respect i'm not going to stop nor apologize for putting a little bit uh, out there for the show about patreon you know you watch tv you got to sit through for for a half hour show it's 17 minutes of content and 13 minutes of commercials uh you know i don't crush you over the head with sponsors at the top of the show uh, I, hopefully i will one day <laughs> hopefully i'll have sponsors and i'll be able to do that but as of right now it's the patreon and the couple of cruise bookings that i get from this um I'm gonna. I'm, it's gonna continue to happen. I will try to watch myself and not bang you over the head with the Patreon. But considering what I'm, what I'm trying and, and I'm going out on a limb here and quitting my job and I'm not. Listen, I'm not making it into something. It's not. I'm not quitting my job for the people of always be booked because you guys need me out there talking your crew stuff. It's not a sacrifice. I'm hoping to eventually gain out of it. But that's the start of it. The Patreon is the start of it. And Karen, thank you so much for listening. You're so valued. But um. You know, hopefully you'll be able to get past it because it's not going to stop. So sorry about that. All right, uh, next email, MSC Seaside. Tommy, why is it so hard for you to get on this cruise line? <laughs> why am I feeling like this is my teacher or my coach yelling at me right now? When booking in the area, when booking in the area and yacht club experience, your favorite amenities are included. All you can drink with no daily limits. Also, you have access to the thermal spa, the whole cruise. In a few months, there will be four cruise ships from this cruise line in the port of Miami. If you are not going to take a cruise and this cruise line soon, please, uh, if you are not going to take a cruise and this cruise line soon, Um, this one's a little over the place, so I'm reading it as it is. Please contact their PR department and at least do a ship tour for YouTube. Well, I did do that so far. Who is this, AJ? AJ, yes. Let me tell you something. AJ, I did do that. Haven't heard back from them at all whatsoever. I know they were sending people on free cruises. I asked for a ship tour. Can I get on for a ship tour? They didn't get back to me. So, AJ, you seem to be uh, all uh, hyped up on, um, on MSC. So, if that's the case, uh, feel free to... Uh, call any contacts you have and get me on there as well. I don't know. I haven't heard back from them. I sent them at least two emails just trying to get on for a ship tour because I just want to see the seaside. I, I'm, I have an obsession with that seaside. It's a beautiful looking ship and I want to kind of see what it's like to stand on it. Um, they haven't gotten back to me though. Uh, Contest. So cruise, if you give this cruise line a chance, I really think you'll like it a lot. I will keep you in on the rest of the, uh, keep you and the rest of the cones updated on it. On my experience on the seaside when I go on July 20th. So have you been on it? Um, he's going to San uh, San Juan, Puerto Rico, St. Thomas, and St. Martin, and Nassau. That's a good, good, good experience. I mean, keep up the great work. You continue. Uh, you might read ep- reach episode 100 by August 1st. Super Cone AJ. AJ, thank you so much for being a Super Cone. Thank you so much for all your support. And AJ is a regular fan of Always Be Booked. And I think AJ is going to do a cruise companion, too, for his upcoming sailing. And I'll be sending him. Well, I'm doing those, too. So, again, uh, if, you, <laughs> if we can deal with the... Uh, I'm sorry. What was your name again, ma'am? Karen. Karen, if you could deal with the um, promoing, I am going to stick one in here as well. I will uh, cater a cruise companion for you charging 79 dollars, and uh i will customize i will ask you a series of about 11 or 12 questions and you tell me about your sailing coming up it's going to include music it's going to include production and everything and i'll send that over to you and it will be a custom cruise podcast directly for your sailing and uh you guys can get that and it's 79 bucks i, I that's a lot of money i know that but uh it's uh all I can do, because I did one, I did the experiment of doing one, and the amount of time that it took to do it, yes, it's uh, it's going to have to, you know, especially if it takes off and people stop buying them, uh, it's going to have to be, it probably should be more, because I'm, you know, it's definitely taking at least... Five hours to put these through do all the research put it out there and get it back to you guys so but aj i have no problem with msc i am a little bit reluctant because of the experience people have said it's a little bit different than cruising the american market so i'm trying to kind of find a way to get used to that or, or get my wrap my head around that and uh i'm going to continue to listen to the reviews and eventually maybe make it i just might not you know you go on a cruise you go on a couple of cruises a year you spend your hard-earned money on a cruise and it's like You know, you don't want to take any chances with uh, an experience that might be less than what you expect. So that's what's been the hesitation. And who knows? Maybe it will happen. I'll continue. Hopefully I get that ship tour eventually. All right. Moving on. Hey, hey, dude. Oh, this is okay. Let's see this. All right. Hey, dude. N-O-T-A-M-S is no typo. With the S, it's plural. Without, it's singular. You are, so this is a reference to um, some of the, the question I had regarding the uh, flyovers during the exercise that the military was doing prior to its air show in Miami. Uh, you are correct. That is an acronym. It's Notice to Airmen. So I was a guess, and I guess I got that right. Your other comment on if they can slow down in regards to the air show, technically, yes. Okay, so the backstory is on this. I thought that the crew should have stopped so they can kind of check out the air show that was impromptu going on, maybe. Maybe it wasn't impromptu, but I guess the the, the crews didn't set that sailing together to be looking at planes. But I think since maybe the captain, my theory was that since the captain saw that happening, maybe he stopped for a little while or slowed it down. And we have a... Uh, response from someone who actually knows what they're talking about about the situation your other comment on if they can slow down in regards to the air show technically yes provided they're in control not violating any violating any port procedures interfering with traffic or company procedures or impacting their ability to maintain schedule these ships cruising speeds are calculated on various factors one being their ability to maximize profit for minimal fuel use one not an hour slow down can add up to upwards of ten thousand dollars in fuel costs wow that art auction guy better get selling to make that up <laughs> all right that's good information because i always wonder what time maybe that maybe that affects the whole situation with the peer runners because i always wonder like what well, who cares about peer runners it's not a hard thing to do to make it to nap from san juan to nassau or from coco Cay to you know nassau so uh I'm sorry, Nassau to St. Thomas or Coco Cay to Nassau, why would they be worried about peer runners? But if you know, if the whole speed of the ship and the speed of the vessel is gonna send it in the direction of ten thousand dollars, give or take, I could see why maybe uh peer running would be a little bit frowned upon. That makes sense. Moving on. But oh sorry. But during entry, exit of port, they'll have a pilot on the bridge to navigate the area. If they slow down, it'll delay the pilot's disembarkation and delay the other ships awaiting the pilot's services. I understand that this looked like it was beyond the pilot's situation. I think the pilot had already gotten back onto his his boat and gotten back inshore because they were pretty far out there. It was just still well within the visu- visual of the uh, air show that was going on or the practice that was going on um awesome podcast this week the drunk stuff was hilarious thomas while maybe not doing weekly drunk casts it it is a good idea it made it funny yeah so we can't do that every week i understand that keep up the awesome work you're the best way better than that doug parker guy ha 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 clearly he's kidding around take it easy steve Uh, I haven't said it in a while. I'll say it again. Uh, Doug Parker is the host of cruiseradio.net. He's uh, not only an inspiration to this show, but he's also been a huge help as well. I think, personally, he is the best guy out there that is doing this. And I'll maintain what I'll say always is that uh, you should definitely listen to the Cruise Radio podcast every week. You should listen to that show in its entirety before you get to this show, I'll say that till the end. Listen to Cruise Radio before you listen to this show because he's going to give you the real information. He's going to give you actual backed up and checked data. I try to do sometimes do. But if, it, if he says it on his show, it's it, it's it's legit. It's 100 percent. You can write it down and go by it. Whereas us, we're just having fun. We're spitballing. Ideally, I'm not trying to out- be out here giving you misinformation. But, uh, you know, he's the authority. So listen to that show always before you listen to this show. And it's entertaining as hell, too. You know, he goes off the rails sometimes and he, you know, the interviews and you get an interview about different ships and go in the back episodes. If you're going on a cruise ship, chances are there's a cruise radio back episode that has a sailing that you've gone on before. So definitely check it out. All right, moving on. Tommy Thomas. Captain Casabona. Oh, geez. I know who this is. Um, this is Colin, right? Let me make sure. Colin, yes. All right. So this one's going to go off the rails a little bit. Please um, hang in there with this one. I did read this previously. or oh, most of it. I think I scanned it. Uh, Tommy Thomas, Captain Casabona. I'm digging the upgraded Rambling Rapid Fire podcast, including both Super Cone and Regular. I have a couple of questions. First of all, I'm currently booked Sky class with the world famous Always Be Boats Travel Agency on a seven night Eastern on Harmony of the Seas in October. I need to purchase a custom itinerary, which is called a cruise companion preview cast, which should be interesting as while I'm a significant booze hound, I'm cruising with my two boys ages eight and (laughs) ten. You're a booze hound, but um, you also have that other side of it. You have the family side of it, so it's not going to be just a crazy booze cruise. I get it. Couple that with the Sky Class Suite aspect on board. It should get you really digging deep in the research. I'm trying to help out, uh, help round out your request to become all things cruising knowledge czar. It's pronounced czar and is Russian for boss of all shit. Um, yeah, I knew the czar thing. C-Z-A-R. I knew that was, I have I heard that word before. I appreciate the help, though. Just announce my price when you're done reading this email, and I'll shoot it over to you. We've communicated uh, since then, so you got the price. And you got your questions, Colin. I'm just waiting for those questions to come back, and I will get started. Uh, by the way, tell the paranoid guy, par- tell the paranoid, by the way, the paranoid about, what is this? Oh, here we go. By the way, tell the paranoid about giving my credit card to Patreon guy just to mail a damn check to you at your office in Crazy Uncle Mike's in Boca Raton. (laughs) This is funny shit, man. I'm going to tell you something. Colin, I've only been there like four or five times. Tops. I think I just I'd never go out and drink by myself. I just don't do it. I'm a booze hound, but I'm probably a different booze hound. I'm a party booze hound when there's. Action around, I'll, I'll drink you, I'll drink everybody, and we'll have a party. But I'm not necessarily the guy who just goes and gets some booze. I've done that a couple of times, and it's always been at Crazy Uncle Mike's, but I wouldn't necessarily uh, consider myself being able to have a um, post office address, a P.O. box there yet. Maybe soon, because I do like it there. It's, kinda, it's, it's, it's pretty much the perfect place for me to do it. I like the draft beer. The staff is friendly and they're fun and they have some drinks too. There's live music and plenty of TVs and great to watch sports. And it's not a divey type place. I don't like divey type places. It's like a, uh, you know, sort of a modernish looking place too as well. While not too intimidating. All that stuff. Um, Secondly, I'm working on selling my wife Melissa, who by the way is unbelievably awesome and also smoking hot, attractive, on letting me on the eight night Adventure of the Seas group cruise. Timing, kids, and circumstances would make it so I'd be coming solo. Oh boy. Um, Melissa, Colin's wife. This is for you if you're listening. I am not responsible for Colin, for whatever the hell Colin gets himself into on this cruise. I'll do the best I can. You know what I mean. We're on a group cruise. We can leave no man behind. I'll make sure he gets back on the ship. I'll I'll make sure I can kind of you know pick him up if there needs to be a pier run. Although, uh, like myself, uh, we both look like we uh, enjoy, the, enjoy the beers a little bit and are no like we're not welterweights. I get it. Neither one of us are. So we may have to help each other. But I'll do the best I can. But uh, I cannot claim overall responsibility, Melissa. But I think it's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. Don't sweat it. It's going to be absolutely fine. And uh, Melissa, if you're still listening, please, I would like to – I realize what I just did did not sell – do it do it do any help as far as selling well not necessarily a salesman but melissa please 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 can colin come please 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 let colin come on the cruise how was that did that work do we get any headway with that probably not we'll see but you know melissa seriously maybe colin can come we'll definitely have a good time he'll write you I'll, i'll make sure he calls you every day writes you every day we'll get some postcards to you let's let colin get on this cruise and uh Have a little fun with the boys, no? Uh, He continues, I'm loving all the content, even the drunk news and hungover email. Probably better make that a regular thing. Quit being a pussy and maybe ask the mystery pocket out on another cruise. It's just business. (laughs) There's no no being a pussy about it. It's, uh, you know, just listen, taking it day by day, taking it as it comes. We're not afraid here. We, we, We do it. We will. You'll, you'll hear more of the Mystery Pocket. Yours in Super Conehood, Colin. Colin is a legendary contributor to the show, if you don't know that already. Legendary contributor to the Always Be Booked Cruisers Ultra Lounge on Facebook. And he walks the walk. He's a Super Cone. He's booked a cruise. What are we doing, Colin? Are we buying a shirt or what? Come on, let's go. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Appreciate all the support, Colin. And uh, definitely we'll get you out that... Uh, Uh, cruise companion podcast and hope we will be able to convince the lovely smoke show of a wife melissa to let you go on the group cruise p.s he's got a p.s oh here we go um i reread and proofread this email three times so if there is something in it you can't decipher go eat a bag of dicks this guy is great. I kid, I kid. I say that in jest mostly because I want to hear you read Bag of Dicks on the show. You know, mostly we don't really stop at the bag of dicks. When I, you know, a bag could be anything. You know what I mean? Like a paper bag, it could be a plastic bag, could be one of those crappy little bags you get at the freaking grocery store that you put your peppers in or your onions or your tomatoes in to separate it from the other fruit. I don't know what it is. When you want to really, you know, drive the point home you want to tell somebody hey listen you don't like it you go get yourself a burlap sack of dicks and eat them you eat a burlap sack of dicks is what you want to say Uh, he challenges all cones and others see what obnoxious shit they can sneak into the emails to be read on air you are fully authorized to make fun of me anytime you see me on the show grammatically or otherwise Doug Parker be damned I don't even know where that came from. Why does Doug Parker be damned off that? Uh, See you in the Ultra Lounge, XOXO. And he freaking leaves an XOXO. That's hysterical. Um, Yeah, so Colin got a little off the rails there. Used some language that maybe some of you may not love. But guys, you know what? It's kind of what we do here. So I do apologize if you didn't like that part of it. But I was not going to disrespect my man Colin by not reading it word for word. Hi, Tommy. Hope you go live a lot. Always fun to listen slash watch. No need to script. Just go on since your followers always have lots of questions and comments, even on spur of the moment. Or if you know ahead of time, just announce it, announce it in the Ultra Lounge. By the way, congrats on Cuba just slipping in under uh, the closing doors. Oh. Just slipping it under the closing doors. Congratulations, basically getting on Cuba before they shut it down. You can't visit it anymore. A little slow over here. What do you want me to tell you? P.S. If you ever try out the Margaritaville in Hollywood, Florida resort stay, love to hear a review, Debbie. Debbie, I have my man. I got my eyes were popping out of my head when we went down there and checked it out. The land shark was awesome. The water taxi was awesome. The hotel looked phenomenal. The flow rider was awesome. The pool that was on the ground looked great. And you could tell that there was a pool up top. But no, I have not stayed there yet. Might be a good idea to do so. We got to get this Always Be Booked stuff rolling though, guys. If you want these reviews, we got to be buying shirts. We got to join Patreon. We got to book a cruise through the Always Be Booked Travel Agency. And who knows if you don't do that, maybe... At least purchase a cruise companion, and I'll get you all hyped up for that cruise you got coming up. Seventy-nine bucks, great deal. Sorry, uh, Karen, for that. Apologize. I'm not being sarcastic. I know sometimes it's annoying. I get annoyed when I listen, to, but I, I get it, guys. Free shit. It's free. You know what I mean? You, you listen to this stuff. It's 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 uh it's it's content that. You know, I don't make money off of, it and I put a lot of effort into. Clearly, you guys know I'm putting the effort in now. All right, Tommy, welcome back to podcasting. Just heard your recent podcast where you read an email about hacked credit cards on Patreon. Oh, nice! A simple solution. All right, so this is for someone who wanted to join Patreon but was worried about the um, integrity portion of it or the comp- or security co- being compromised. With their credit card. Here we go. Capital One has a feature called Eno. Get it one backwards you get a capital one credit card and then download eno it will generate another credit card number for a specific merchant if it feeds into the main it feeds into the main credit card number but the merchant is the only one with that specific credit card number if the eno credit card number is used and patreon is hacked capital one will protect the card holder and there is only one hacked number that can be charged this is genius huh so you have a credit card then that credit card produces a bunch of other spin-off credit card numbers and assigns them to whatever you purchase. So if you do get compromised, you're only compromised by that one piece, that one entity. Um, And then the problem could be resolved soon. Other cards may have similar service. I don't know about that. I don't work for Capital One, but, but I have switched all my online purchases to Eno credit card numbers. If an Amazon or Macy's gets hacked, I only need to change that one credit card number, not a bunch of them. Keep up the great work podcasting. Just so you know, I haven't purchased any hats from your website. Thank you for your honesty, Richard. See? Honesty always the best policy. But also, on the same token, come on. Richard, get that Eno out. Let's get you on the let's get you in a nice hat. No, we don't have hats. Nice t-shirt though. Hello, Thomas. Oh, we're going with the Thomas thing, huh? I just joined Patreon, so I'm listening to old ones, and you asked your listeners to write in and say who they think is funny. Sorry, I know the question is old, but I had to send my list. All right. So what I said was, uh, who do you think are the people who are, like, naturally funny? Of course, Kevin Hart's funny, you know, people are, like stand-up comedians. I was going to say Louis C.K., but you can't say that name anymore, I guess, right? Um, <clears throat> so I was like, who are these people that you just – the type of people like Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell walks onto the screen and he doesn't open his mouth before you laugh. Another guy I think is funny is Norm MacDonald. Just these guys who are just generally hysterical. Cedric the Entertainer cracks me the F up. Um, even when they just talk, that's it. Just They don't have to be doing material. They're just funny people. Um, so that's that was my question. All right, so Angie... And Angie is a always-be-booked legend. She's a new super cone, but she's been an always-be-booked legend for a while. Always contributing, and we're always happy to have her uh, you know, do her thing on the show. Let's get into it. Here we go. So, um, she says, Michael Rappaport. He's so nuts on his podcast. He just says whatever he's thinking, and that's funny to me. All right, let me break these down one at a time. Angie, I don't agree with you on Michael Rappaport. I like Michael Rappaport. I like some of the movies he's done, and I like him as a guest sometime on some podcast, but I steer more to to me, he's a little clownish and a little buffoony. I don't I I don't gravitate towards that. I'm just saying just me. That's just me. We all have different strokes. But uh I, I think Michael Rappaport is a talented guy, but for me, again, you know, like Conan O'Brien never really did it for me. People who are more slapsticky, yelly, screamy, over the top, just kind of like wow factor people—they don't do it as much for me. Uh, Chelsea Handler, I can't stand. <laughs> she is funny; her stand-up is funny, but I—I I think she just gets a little entitled sometimes. I don't, I don't, I don't like her per se as much. She, um, she, she. Again, I don't care about people's politics or what they are, but just. Don't get snide with it. Don't get like undermined. Don't don't be like. Uh, I don't like people when they get arrogant and like think of less of you for what your beliefs are on either side, Angie. On either side, I don't like when Donald Trump does it. I don't like you know. You can't t- say anybody in entertainment who's right wing, but I don't like when people you know impose their political will and and try to make you feel like lesser of a person. And Chelsea Handler kind of does that a lot of times. Ellen Degeneres, she's funny. Um, I don't laugh hysterically at her it's just in general walking around. I think having a conversation with her wouldn't necessarily crack me the F up just sitting there talking to her. But she is very. uh, You're right about her. She's naturally funny. She's witty. She's uh, her stand-up is hysterical, and you know she's very funny in her reactions. That's a big thing to being funny too. You know what I mean? If you're not funny, if somebody else is trying to be funny, if some playing off of people, I talk about. I think about when I think of people who are just naturally funny. Like uh, you say something, and then they give a funny reaction to it. Um, I agree with Ellen DeGeneres, Uh, David Letterman. I agree. That's a hysterically funny guy, and that's my boy. Shout out to my grandfather. And uh, yes, I have. I, I got to splice that in. I have him saying on his show, introducing Tommy Casabona, and it's David Letterman introducing my grandfather. But I want to like splice that in and make it part of my intro, if I can. I'll see if I can find a way to do that. But um, <clears throat> I agree with David Letterman. Just a a sarcastic, funny guy. Uh, he 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 cracks you up just in general. Um, I don't like him as much as doing interviews. I think his show on Netflix, I don't buy that he gives a crap about who he's interviewing. He doesn't, um, he's not, to be a great interviewer, I think you have to be a great listener. I think he falls short with that. But I agree with you as far as funny. Ali Wong, hysterical stand-up. I don't know yet. The pregnant special was hysterical. Ali Wong on Netflix is great. She's one of the better up-and-coming, not even up-and-coming, just one of the better comedians out there. Um, I don't know enough about her. I haven't seen her to see if she's just a naturally funny person. And uh, she thinks I am very funny. And you're the kind who doesn't always even seem to know when you're being funny. Angie, I kind of know. I hate to break it to you. I kind of know when I'm trying to be funny. Or maybe you're right. Maybe you're not even thinking of those times. Maybe the, the times when I'm not being trying to be funny is those times. So how am I to assume that I know what times you're talking about to know that I say that you're wrong and say that I know when I'm being funny? Because maybe you're absolutely right. Maybe I'm telling sad stories or trying to be like normal and you think that's funny. So maybe you're right. Um, you're the kind who doesn't always seem to know when you're being funny. Uh, have you ever thought about doing any kind of performance like stand-up comedy or storytelling on stage? Gr- glad the podcast is back dude Angie Angie, thank you again so much. To answer that last question no I, I, I can't now. <laughs> I've learned I've like I said, I've become an uh, immense fan of stand-up comedy over the last couple of years. Uh, for a few reasons. You know, my buddy Nick is into the comedy scene and I've gone to a couple of shows and because the Irish exit, we did do the stand up comedy thing. And I am stan- a huge fan of stand up comedy just because half the reason is because the fact that it um, it cracks me up and I enjoy it as an art form. But just also because I like the art form. I like the backstory. I've become like a little bit of a student to it. I know that right now, if you're a comedian for five years in, you're not going to get any respect. You start really like really coming into your own 15, 20 years in. And that's just just how it is. Like no matter what, seven year comics are like, Okay, you're getting there like that right there to be able to do that and they say it's just and it makes sense to me because just being able to read rooms work rooms the slightest little inflections on the way you say something a little like a accent that you're saying in or a connotation or a pause timing that is learned over so long of a period of time that you are no matter who you are you're not coming into your own as a stand up comedian until like year five seven five or seven. You the, the the torture you have to go through, the level of bombing that you have to do, that you have to, it inevitable take it on. There's not a person who is is free of it. If you're gonna get into stand up comedy, you're gonna eat shit on stage several times over and it's not until you eat shit like that until you're going to start getting good it's um you know it's your road work it's 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 what you have to do and you know that hard work beats out talent anytime i've seen people who are hysterically funny talk speaking of just naturally funny people who can never be stand-up comedians because they just won't put in that work and then people who are maybe even mildly amusing sometimes who just put in that work stand-up comedy is one of those things where if you put the time in and you have the wit you're going to make it but it's so many people are weeded out because they just don't have the wherewithal to put you know you you you're going to starve you're going to starve unless you're rich and you have the backing and you don't, and you have the time to do it. But if you're rich and you have the backing, you're not going to put in the time anyway because you don't have to. You're going to be on a beach somewhere. So you're going to starve as a stand-up comedian. You're going to be eating ramen as a stand-up comedian. And the people who are that have that much faith in their ability and have that much ability to kind of just stay the course with that and starve for that long – Talk about a starving artist and the talent form, the art form itself. Listen, there's 80 people out there. They're going to be staring at you. Okay? They just paid $20 and two drinks at $10 a pop. And you need to walk out there with a microphone. They're all going to be looking at you. Go ahead. Make them laugh audibly out loud so where you can hear it all in unison. Like, okay, several times over the next 15 minutes. You know what I mean? How many laughs over a 15-minute set? Four laughs a minute? Three or four laughs a minute? I mean, you do the math. Uh, Yeah, so... I think, you want to be honest with you? I think I would have been a good stand-up comedian. I think I got what it takes, but at this point, no. If I would have started and did that and had the wherewithal and do that, and part of me regrets that I didn't. I wish I I wish I did because I just love, and I love just the stories of the road and going to different cities and the people you meet. That's my shit. That's my lifestyle. That's what I like to do. You know what? Being able to have a conversation with somebody who did what you did and talk about that crazy manager in phoenix i kind of do have it with what i've done you know i have since i've lived in phoenix pittsburgh philadelphia F- florida a couple of different times uh, detroit new york long island um you know all these places over all these years and, and met all these people yeah the conversation who is that guy that whacked out bar back in in in, in pittsburgh in 2007 the one who you know the one who only drank on Fridays but then did heroin on Saturdays. You know, the, the the guy the stories that you could have from these people, which is why it's good that I have this podcast, because I have a little bit of an outlet for them. Uh that's what it is. So that's I I, I would love to. Being truthful, seeing who does and ends up being in the stand-up comedy world, I think I have the chops for that. Or I would have had the chops for that. But at this point, you can't start as a comedian in your forties. You can't. You know, you, you you get going by the time you're sixty, and uh, then it's a wrap. You know. Um, Tommy, great to have always be booked back on schedule. Hopefully, everything is starting to work out in Florida. I'll be reaching out soon to pay off my current cruise and probably start to plan the next one. My question for this week is: Do you think once Virgin hits stride? Uh, Will the cruising industry try to go to a more all-inclusive model for food and soft drinks and possibly alcohol? Hope all is is well. Sid, Sid, my question for you is: How were you able to write that email in under a thousand characters? I'm kidding. Thank you for the email so much. Sid wrote, you know, re- writes those trip reports for us, the essays. Sid is known for the essays. This one, he takes his uh, takes a shot at doing a short one. Um, it's a great question, Sid. Um, I don't know what version. I, I just talked about that earlier in the news today, as a matter of fact. What is Virgin going to have? What effect are they going to have on the industry? I tend to think that... The nuts and bolts, the hardware of the industry is not going to be affected by Virgin. I think they're going to continue to do it the way they do it. And Virgin will be a lone wolf on a lot of stuff. I, what I will think they will do is steal some of the ideas. I don't know that Virgin's going to make it. I don't know if their radical approach to cruising is going to make it. But if they do, I think some of it's going to hit. And I think some of it will be borrowed from the cruise lines. I don't think like the all-inclusive model is going to come into more of an effect. If you see all-inclusive happening cruising, then just expect to see pricing go through the roof because they are not going to leave any money on the table. You know what I'm saying? They're going to keep their money. And those little add-ons, those little nickel and dime things, those add-ons that used to not exist are just too lucrative for them to pass up. Um You'll see, though, Virgin Voyages, those sailings are going to cost a lot more. But you can do five-day sailings on Virgin, too, which is good, too. It's going to be interesting. I don't know. I'm definitely excited to see where it stands and what happens uh, and and what comes of Virgin Voyages. It's going to be one hell of a ride. Cones, that is about it for this week. Sid, thank you for the email. Thank you, everybody, for the email. Um, Like I said, let's just run through the gamut real quick. Let's see if I can remember it real quick. Always be booked Cruises ultra lounge on facebook please join tell your friends to join Uh, please share the podcast with somebody that you care about or that you don't care about Uh, let them know if you like cruising travel or podcasting in general check out the always be Both cruise podcast feel free to put them in the groups you know what i mean throw it in there hey by the way this guy answered this question about this you don't even gotta tell it's just between me and you this guy answered your question slip it in there get some more listeners we'll see where we're going if you like the podcast and want to support it it's uh, Patreon, dot com slash Always Be Booked. It's just $5 a month. You get the satisfaction of knowing you're supporting my endeavor. Plus, you get to uh, get a couple extra shows a week. A lot of times those shows are a little off the rails too. So if that's your thing, do it. Um, also, email Tommy at Always Be com If you have any questions about cruising or any statement you want to make or just want to keep the conversation going, Or if you want to book travel, I could hook you up. If you are booked on travel and you want me to create a custom cruise companion podcast that is made strictly for your cruise with music and everything that's personalized to you, $79 will get that done for you. Also, email me, Tommy, at alwaysbebooked.com. And now the T-shirt store is up. Right now, it's just T-shirts. We'll eventually have the hats and stuff like that. But right now, it's just T-shirts. That's pretty much it cones i want to thank you super cones thank you so much had a good time with you guys this week we'll talk soon boat drinks cones there's a place where the
1: boat from it takes away I love your big problems. You could worry you could drop them in the blue ocean. But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from. Take one part sand, one part sea, and one part shade of a 9 on tree. And the drinks are cold and the reggae is hot. And I know this is the place for me. Get away to where the boat leaves from. It takes away I love your big problems. You could worry you could drop them in the blue ocean. But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves Jimmy? There's a perfectly good island somewhere where I'll ride the boats and don't grab your coat. You won't need it where we are going. Get away to where the boat leaves from. It takes away I love your big problems. You could worry, you could drop them in the blue ocean. But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from. Pick me up. Pick me up. Pick me up. Put me down. to where the boat leads from it takes away I look your big problems You got worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean, but you gotta get away to where the boat leads from, so get away to where the boat leads from it takes away. I look your big problems, you got worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean, but you gotta get away to where the So get away To where the boat leads from it takes away I look at big problems, you got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat is from